0: We are, we are rolling. We are we're back. rolling. We're back. Welcome yeah, back to uh, Adventure Radio, round two, Geraint. Hey there. How's it going?
1: Yeah, good. It's going good. You know, the great thing about it is for the first 15 minutes, we are struggling not to call you Geraint in the, in the last episode. <laughs> are we getting it okay. correct this time, Geraint? Geraint. Grant Lewis, yeah. yeah now we've now made I'm struggling with Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grant <Geraint>. Lewis. <Loire. laughs> we've
0: got <Loire. laughs> that French thing, we just can't drop it. Grant, plus plus Definitely not French. Do yeah. yeah. uh, you speak any French? No. No. Well, that's pretty good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you refresh us, and for people that haven't listened to the first show, uh, Grant, about who you are and what you do.
2: Okay, so uh, I'm Grant Lewis. I'm a professor of astrophysics here at the School of Physics mm-hmm. at, uh, at the University of Sydney. Uh, i 'm a, a lecturer, I teach physics, but I also do research into cosmology, mm-hmm. trying to understand the evolution of the universe and also what the universe is made of so i 've got a big focus on uh, you know wh- what is dark matter mm-hmm. essentially you know what what's the mm-hmm. what 's the fundamental framework of the universe what 's dark matter what is dark energy and I, mm-hmm. I work in different areas to try and unravel those kind of things. So I, I work in gravitational lensing. Mm-hmm. I do I build synthetic universes on computers. Easy. And, oh, and I also do a, a work in an area called galactic cannibalism, which is where one galaxy eats another yes. galaxy. Yes. So we, we can use all of these things to basically try and test different ideas of what dark matter is mm-hmm. so so yeah it's it's a brilliant broad I'm, area
1: i'm already aroused
2: like, <laughs> like, like i was aroused last one i'm aroused yeah. again yeah. Like, this like, is like, the
1: of of cannibalism <laughs> it's the like shit. Of cannibalism like, yeah. yeah you can't <laughs> you, oh, there's nothing better than any planets <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's let's just dive right into the big topic then so talk to us about i remember um, last time we spoke uh, i think we started off oh, with so excited. tell us about tell us about the big bang layman's terms now now we don't obviously need to go over that again Let's 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 dive into dark matter. Because, dark matter. yes. I mean, obviously, tell us tell us all about it. What do we know?
2: Well, we actually know quite a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is the thing. We everywhere we look in the universe, there is evidence that there is more matter than we can see, uh, illuminated by stars, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we look into the universe, we see light, we see radio waves, we see gamma rays, etc., and that comes from material. Uh, you know, the same sort of stuff that we're made of, atoms, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we can actually measure how much matter is out there in terms of the stars and the gas and all that other stuff. But we can also measure the amount of matter in terms of how things are moving, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see a star orbiting in a galaxy, its orbit is held there by the mass of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when we calculate how much mass there is, there is 30 to 100 times more mass there than we can just see illuminated by stars right. and gas, et cetera. So, there's all this additional matter out there. Now, it's not only, I said, in the motions of stars, but every single sort of test we do, so looking at how light waves travel through the universe, um, we see that there must be more mass there because the, the paths of those light rays get distorted. Mm-hmm. And again, what we've come to realize is that in terms of matter, the atoms, the stuff that we're made of, that is the small fraction of stuff in the universe. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we look, the evidence is from, from our own galaxy to galaxies off in the distant universe to the overall framework of uh, the distribution of galaxies and clusters and everything, is there must be this extra matter out there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the question is, is what is this stuff, right? So one thing we know is that it's not made of atoms, right? Because mm. Atoms radiate right mm-hmm. this is the key thing, right you know atoms um, e- even we radiate, right, so as human beings, we're a few hundred de- degrees Kelvin, and so we radiate in the infrared, so matter mm-hmm. radiates, mm-hmm. and we've now looked at all bands of the electromagnetic spectrum, from you know x rays down to radio waves, and this stuff doesn 't radiate radiation, so it, it 's interesting that 's fascinating, yeah? yeah,
1: really fascinating yeah yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: so it, its it 's not normal material mm. it, um, and. The sort of the leading idea is that it must be some other particle mm. right so it 's not charged mm-hmm. okay because charged particles are, interact with light, they have electromagnetic mm-hmm. radiation, it must have mass, uh, b- but it 's got a few other properties as well um, that we sort of know of. it must be moving at relatively low speeds it 's not moving at like at uh, the speed of light. The big problem we have is that um, of course we have cosmology, but on the other side we have particle physics which it describes the the Universe of the very small, and there's no particle in there which can be the dark matter particle. Mm-hmm. so in terms of all the experiments we 've done at the Large Hadron Collider, mm. etc, nothing has been spat out which could represent this particle, mm-hmm. and there's nothing in the framework at the moment uh, as we understand it that could be the dark matter particle. Mm-hmm. so there is a big effort both cosmologically to try and put further constraints on the properties of dark matter, the way it clusters. Um, the way it's distributed and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But also we know that on the particle physics side, there's work to be done there because clearly the theory can't be complete because we know there must be at least this additional particle, which Mm -hmm. is not in that theory. So everyone's trying to extend the standard model of particle physics such that they could find a natural candidate for the dark matter particle. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the moment, um, we are... uh, we are in this, this horrible situation. I'll try to explain this, right? Mm-hmm. The, the situation is is that um, we have two highly successful theories. We have cosmology, which works really, really well. But you've got to have this dark ingredient, dark matter, mm-hmm. dark energy for it to work. Yep. We have particle physics, which works really, really well. But we know that there has to be these extra components. Mm. And what we're looking for is places where the theories break down. Because it's where they break down that tells you, look in this direction. Yep. Okay. And we don't have really have that many avenues to go down, mm. <laughs> right? So in particle physics, if every time you run the Large Hadron Collider, the stuff that comes out is exactly what your current mathematics predict.
0: Mm. So, so we're got- getting it right. This is one of the things that I, that I often think. Um, and I had this conversation with Tommy about the difference between being an atheist uh, and being agnostic. And I call myself agnostic because um, although I don't believe in gods, I feel like, um, whatever created this and and how we got here and the question I asked you what happened before the Big Bang all these questions I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff and probably I'm, I'm not saying I'm not backing you guys in <laughs> but I feel like surely there must be some things that we just might not be able to get our heads around is that what I mean How are we moving forward with Dark Matter or is it something that it's just so perplexing at the moment that you're like
1: what are we doing but, but the, sorry to cut you Gray, but the issue I have with that is that it's kind of like the um, it's like a gap filler. It's like whatever we don't know now, there's always a place for God. But God's been slowly sort of moved out. I mean, God. Yeah, I'm not even such talking about God. I'm just talking about
0: science, really. Like yeah. Creation so, of everything, you know.
2: So it is. It's a it's a very interesting question about what are the limits of human knowledge, mm. right? Because you know, your brain, right, spent millions of years evolving mm. you to find coloured fruits and then you know watch out for dangers on the savannah. Yeah. Wait, what
1: about Adam and Eve? I'm
2: just like, <laughs> And I think it's actually startling that this 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 brain has been able to work out as much of the universe oh. as it has. It's, I, I, I you know it, it's incredible that we've we came across this the language of mathematics mm. uh, which we can use to describe the universe. so there's oh. all these things which um, you know firstly, I find rather amazing that we can even do that, but then you must ask yourself the question, well then is it limited, right? Mm-hmm. There's only a certain number of connections in your brain. There's only a certain number of calculations that can be done. There's only a certain level of imagination, right? Mm. So will we ever be able to unravel mm. what, you know, the, the, the fundamental stuff of the universe? Will we ever be able to think about it or describe it, all that kind mm. of stuff? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I'm a human, and so you know, I have the same limitations. And thinking about this, you'd like to think that uh, yeah, that knowledge is one of those things which is, you know, infinitely expandable, yeah, yeah. right? But it might be that we ha- we just cannot eventually yeah. solve these problems. But even yeah. if you do, like, would you necessarily
1: want to? Isn't so much in the fun in like discovering and like it would be? It would be. Um, what's that cartoon where um, he's always Roadrunner, you yeah. know, where the things always chasing after the. Um, the chicken or the roadrunner, whatever it's called. It's a Uh, roadrunner. Roadrunner. Yeah.
3: I think I said it the first
2: time. Remember,
1: I'm not a a physicist. Um, But if you eventually caught
2: it, there'd be no TV show. That's true. That's true. But but, um, understanding the fundamental laws of the universe does not mean that there will be an end to science. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are uh, different levels of complexity. Right? Mm -hmm. You know... uh, uh, the saying is, right, a B is much more complicated than a star. Mm. Uh, how, are we ever going to be able to describe a B in terms of fundamental physics? And the yeah. answer is, oh, quite probably, but the, the, every level that you build up, the, the complexity in the calculations mm. that you ne- would need to do to ex- explain mm-hmm. a B are huge yes. uh, so so even if we got the fundamental laws of the universe down and we could write them all down etc yeah. science is not over yeah. in fact science has only really just begun mm. because we then have to work out how all of that feeds through Very true. into everything Very true. else mm. what about um,
0: what about this for a, for a theory So, so go, touching on your point of like, will we ever actually be able to get to the the bottom of everything? And and when we do, there's probably still a million things that we we can't fathom. So it's basically like, and I heard this analogy. Russell Brand used this analogy um, oh, once. No, Well-known scientist, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Dr. Russell sorry. Brand, Bill. Dr. Russell Brand. <laughs> uh, Russell Brand, PhD. But, um, PhD. So he, he was talking about, um, does my cat know about the internet? So for example, say we have little cat biologists and yep. astrophysicists and cat, cat scientists, like the smartest cat on the planet, because cat's just an animal, right? We're just an animal. We're part of the part of the food chain. So like no matter how well we explained or tried to get a cat to understand that the internet exists and how it works, it'd be pretty hard for a cat's brain right now and the, way, the level that it's at for it to understand the internet. So are we just, can we extrapolate that out to us and say like, because I feel like that's the case. I feel like there's so much that's going on and I think we'll always c- continue moving forward in science. I feel like that's de- definitely going to be the case. Mm. But if you extrapolate that out, mm-hmm. surely there's processes that our human minds at, at the current state enter artificial intelligence. We can talk about that if you want or not. Or not. But, <laughs> but, but like our human brains might just not be capable of, of so, understanding.
2: So there's a couple of points there. Uh, uh, firstly, w- does, will a cat, understand the <laughs> I I actually don't think... A, l- a large fraction of people on the planet understand yes. the internet yeah. yes. Yes. So, I Ryan. certainly don't <laughs> the, I mean the 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 language what goes on in the computer how that information mm. is passed back and forth etc mm. fascinates me right uh, so Do you know how a microwave works? I know how nothing works. I don't know how to make a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But this is is the thing. But you could learn. You could could learn. That's right. You you could learn. Could you you learn? I mean, there's plenty of people that tell you they could never understand science, right? Or mathematics is so scary. So you know, if you say to somebody, right, I will now explain to you, you know, how a microwave works. Yes, you go through the analogies, et cetera, and they can they can regurgitate the analogy mm. to somebody else. But do they understand how a microwave works? Mm-hmm. Do they understand how packet switching works on the mm. internet? All right? Uh, there's all these these things that we say we we uh, we say, oh, as humans we understand, but it's not really. It's, mm. The knowledge is really within the minds of. Uh, A relatively small number of people. Mm. Uh, Yes, you probably could explain everything to a a growing number of people. Um, But yeah, the the question of the cat and the uh, internet—it depends what you mean by understand,
1: Mm. right? Well, I guess maybe not as a species, but as you said yourself, there are a select group of human beings. So human beings have the potential to understand the internet. Do cats have the potential to understand the internet?
2: Yeah, Yeah. Um, and at some level, I would guess. No. Yeah. Right. So, and you know that you know, they can see animals on the screen, and they think that they're there. Mm. But that's the way that that it's uh, very immediate return. Yeah. It's very primitive. Yeah. yeah. But no, no. I, again, look, I don't know with regards to humans. Mm. I, I, could, I could imagine that you know, imagine one day, aliens come along and they expl, they said, we've got this new technology that does blah, yeah. and we could be like cats yeah. and never Ooh, really yeah. understand. That's right. What's going on? That's totally so, the that's thing. Right. That's totally the thing.
1: It's kind of like I find it very funny when you talk about the Voyager yeah. um, blasting off into interstellar, interstellar space, and we have all these ways to communicate and 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 um, try to get our message out there. But I mean, we could be we could be communicating on like a, a wavelength or a frame or uh, the technology that we use. It's just completely inconceivable to. Extraterrestrial beings and vice versa. Like, yeah. how do we know that they understand what the internet is and, and, and recognise sound even yeah, as yeah. a form of communication?
2: Well, yeah, and the other thing, of course, is is that look, our science, modern science, is based upon mathematics, right? And there's this big question of you know, is mathematics discovered or is it invented, right? So if these, mm. it, okay, yes, fair enough. One coffee cup and one coffee cup makes two coffee cups, but well, then when hold you hold the phone there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know what I mean is that the higher level mathematics, if and again look this this, this is um, speculation more than anything, but if what if the aliens turn up and their science is not yeah. described by mathematics mm. or even some framework as we could even understand it so mm. if they wanted to explain to us how their their technology worked and we just do not have the mental no. capacity to understand how they even describe their basic yeah. science mm. then yeah, I could imagine that we are the equivalent of cats mm.
0: yeah yeah well, it's very thin- it 's very I always think of like the um obviously if we are living in like a multiverse for example have you ever seen um, the final scene on Men in Black 1 I believe it is E-pop. and it's where they're, they're in New York City and then it zooms out and they're in America zooms out they're in North America the uh, Earth Milky, uh, Milky Way yeah, you know, yeah. so on and so galaxy forth galaxy to galaxy yeah yeah and it, it zooms all the way out all these stars all these galaxies the known universe and then it zooms out and it's a marble that an alien oh, uh, a, a, a child alien child's playing on a, on a beach it's on some other planet so so, you know if that's if that is the case which i for one think uh, and i'm i i know nothing about this this is but this is my theory (laughs) i I feel like that's got to be the case i I don't feel like there's an end to anything i think everything like we'll just just expand and there would be many many multiverses this is what like i said as a layman like you know that's what i that's what i think probably is the case um and if that's the case, then there's, there's got to be so many processes out there that we just, you know... We, but we then how is that the case? It's, I mean, like, what I love about physics is
1: that we, we, are, we are these, like, physical shells in the, the middle of, of something infinitely large and infinitely small. Like, mm. at the moment, we know that the smallest things are atoms, but only like, there could be something more. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, there could also be something quite big. We, we just find ourselves conscious going, what the fuck is yeah, going on right know.
2: now? But, but uh, uh, yeah, so at some level, we're limited by technology, right? Mm. So there's, there's a thing, famous thing about the electron, mm-hmm. right? So uh, electrons, if you talk to people in particle physics, are point-like, right? They have no size. But if you talk about the people that do the experiments, and they, they, they do an experiment on measuring the size of the electron, there's a resolution to that experiment. And they say, okay. how, how big is an electron? And the answer always comes back smaller than your resolution. Right, we'll increase the resolution. How big is an electron? Smaller than your resolution, mm-hmm. and that's the only way that experiments work. Is that you always have a finite resolution? Mm-hmm. There's no experiment that we do that says it's it's truly point-like. So we don't know w- really, uh, you know, what an electron is mm. it, it ha- in terms of its size. Um, it could be that eventually we find that there's structure to the electron. Mm. This, this is why people keep pushing these experiments downwards. Mm-hmm. Similarly, with the on the large scale, we're limited to, to the fact that uh, even if there is a multiverse, right, we only see a very small patch of this universe, yeah. mm. and then getting light from other patches in the in the multiverse, yeah. we would never be able to do so. Yeah. So there th- th- there are limits to what th- th- there are limits to the way we can probe the universe, mm, mm. Um, which means that lots of these questions are always going to be difficult to answer. I mean, yes. if, the, if the scale of structure in an electron is 100 billion, trillion, trillion, trillion times smaller than the scale of our experiments mm-hmm. could ever do, mm-hmm. then we will never know mm. what's really going on in an electron, mm, right? Mm. Uh, and similarly, we're you know, unless we can come up with some sort of... Um, magic at some level that can mm. bring us light from further um, distances in the multiverse. Further back, yeah. yeah. We're never going to know what's beyond mm. the yeah. patch of universe we can see. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and so, you know, at, at some level, there's a, there's a line there between the science we can experimentally test and then the rest of the stuff which we have to sort of um, you know, hypothesize. hypothesize and think mm. about. And string theory is a similar one, right? String mm. theory, the wobbling strings are tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't directly probe those um, strings at the moment, we can keep designing bigger and bigger experiments. But, you know, will we ever get down to the level to test whether or not something's a vibrating string? The answer is, at some level, no. What we have to do is get, it's trying to extrapolate that vibrating spring string upwards into the experimental regime we can test. And Mm. at the moment, we haven't been able to do that. One of the questions I
1: always wanted to ask was, um, so... Our current understanding of how old the universe is is 13 and a half billion years. Yeah. Something I, like that. Yeah, a little bit older, yeah. A little bit older. Um, and that's based on the cosmic microwave, which is the, the light that we can see, the oldest light we can see. Is that correct?
2: Uh, it's based on a couple of things. Right. Um, so, so um, it's essentially to do with how fast the universe is expanding now, yep. which is this thing called the Hubble constant, which yep. is a number we can measure, yep. plus the content of the universe. Right, so the content of the universe we know is 70% dark energy, 30% yep. matter, of which most of that's dark matter. Mm-hmm. If you know what the universe is made of, right, mm-hmm. you can then um, take the expansion backwards, right? So, right. so you can take the current expansion and wind it backwards and wind it back to that mm. point where um, the size of the universe goes to zero, and right. that's how you calculate the age of the universe. Really? Yeah. But so does this, does, does dark
1: matter? Um, not kind of screw that around a bit because that's expanding the universe, isn't it? Uh, no, dark energy. Oh, sorry, dark energy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. causing expansion at a greater rate than that's it should right.
2: be. That's uh, No, yeah, but, but um, uh, it's the same thing. Is that if I if I uh, if I if I know how fast a car is going now? Yep. Right. And I knew that I only accelerated at a certain rate or decelerated at a certain rate to that particular point. I can work out oh, yes. everything that happened before. Okay. So that's essentially yes, what yes. we're doing. Yes. So so what the the amount of dark matter and dark energy tell us is how much the brake has been pressed, and how much the accelerator has been pressed to get us to the speed we are today. Okay. Mm. Right? So that's the way that we, we do this is that we can then we can basically work out the path of the universe in oh, terms of its that. expansion. Okay, you could say that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so
1: my, my question was um, so we can we can figure out, as you said, um, how old the universe is roughly, mm-hmm. but is that fundamentally apart from what we just spoke about? Is that fundamentally based on the fact that the light that has entered our view is that old, roughly? Because time and space?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. so it, 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 can you can do the same thing to chart um, how long it has taken light to travel from a particular source to here today yes, yes. and this is how you calculate that you know, the cosmic microwave background yes. is from around roughly 400,000 years after the big bang right, right? so we, we can age that light but the pr- the big problem with the cosmic microwave background is that before that period yeah. the universe was was the the technical phrase is optically thick which means basically it means that you're looking into a wall so you can't see a younger universe beyond that, because it, you're looking at a wall. Because you can't see it. Yeah. Photons haven't travelled. Yeah. 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 Oh well, there's photons in there, but they're all bouncing around, and yeah. then they get to this point, and they can stream straight towards you. Oh, so something must have exploded them that way. N- not quite. Yeah. Not That's f- what I tell girls when I'm going out, <laughs> man. That sounds really smart. <laughs> and yeah. You're really ruining it. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah. um, so, so you've got to be very careful in describing the Big Bang uh, in terms of things like explosions. Explosions is yes. the, explosion is the wrong word. Yeah. Right. So the universe uh, uh, was born in the Big Bang and um, if, if the universe is infinite in extent now it was infinite in extent at the Big Bang, it right. was born infinitely large, okay? And what has happened in that time is after the Big Bang uh, the universe has cooled as the universe has expanded which, and the expansion just means that the distance between objects gets bigger with time, Correct. right? So there's no center. Right, so there's no explosion from which things hang on a second
0: so you're trying to tell us we're not the centre of the universe yeah. no, well, that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's like that's 400 year old research, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's, it's actually... I'm 4.5 and a half.
2: It's actually better than that. He thinks cats get yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. You, actually, if you you could just flip it around and just say that everywhere is the center of the universe. Right? So well, I'm, yeah, it depends I'm at on where you're standing. You're at the center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Go no on, go on, go on. Get around what really the Big Bang says is that every point in the universe is equivalent. So you're either all the center or <laughs> none of your... You are the same. Yeah, right? yeah, no, we're yeah. all individuals. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Very> so, <joke. laughs> yeah. So, so if you can imagine, um, in the first four hundred thousand years, the universe was a thick fog, mm-hmm. a light bounced around everywhere, and then after four hundred thousand years, right, it became clear. The fog dispersed, and the universe became clear, and then you get the first stars forming, etc. Mm. So, if you imagine that that's the universe, then if you think about yourself, here we are at you know roughly fourteen billion years after the Big Bang. If we look out to nearby objects, that light has taken you know, maybe a million years or maybe yeah. a billion years to get here. That's well after the fog, so when yeah. I look back and I see those objects, I see them as being just galaxies and stars. Mm. Eventually, if I keep looking back and looking back and looking back, I will have seen light released from the fog. Which is arriving at us today. Mm. And that light released at the fog is the cosmic microwave background. That's the fog. That's the fog. So we're looking back far enough um, that we're looking back far enough in time to see the fog that was the cosmic microwave background yeah. radiation. But we don't know how far back that fog goes. Well, or we do. Well, after that, it, um, so if we go back further in time, the universe must have been foggy all the way to the start. It was so dense and it was so hot. Mm. The, the, key, the key thing that, that stops the universe being a fog is when protons and electrons yep. joined together to create the first hydrogen atoms. Yep. Before that point, the universe was too hot for that to happen, so it was a fog. All the way before. Yep. This is why we can't see back to the Big Bang because it, it's like trying to look through a fog bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, okay. So we can't we can't see that initial point. So we we can't see the first four hundred thousand years. But after that, the universe is clear. Yeah. And we're now starting to see stars and galaxies only a few, you know, hundred thousand years after that point. Mm. Right. So that that we're we're actually looking back as far as we can see. Mm.
0: Jesus. So. Um, let me ask you. Um, I had something. Uh, I had something. I've lost. It. <laughs> I've well, lost here's it. something that
1: I've always wanted to ask you as well, Karin, Uh Because I'm freezing can't... under the, the pressure of the first He's video. He's freezing video <laughs> under the fog. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Under the fog. Um, um, damn it! Not do, listening. Do you believe?
2: <laughs> do you um? Do you believe in God? Do I believe in God? Correct. No. Why? Why? Um. Uh, as Laplace said, mm-hmm. uh, I have no need for that hypothesis. I mean, in terms of uh, scientific understanding of the universe, I I don't see a place where we would need to insert uh, a a god-like being in in the sense of a classic religious god. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. yes.
2: Um, there, There are possibilities in terms of uh, something called the simulation hypothesis mm-hmm. that this universe is a simulated universe mm-hmm. that that therefore it was created by essentially a computer programmer is that a god i it depends mean depends on what you god is really isn't it? i mean a god is
1: uh, you know who who created the universe in 7 days who's got a, a white beard no but that's
0: not that's not everybody's god though that's, no, yeah. of course not yeah, of course gods are i mean gods well, are what, generally how would you cre- define god a creator a creator, a creator. creator a cre- of, And that's why i call myself an atheist because well, an agnostic. I, 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 sorry, agnostic, <laughs> because I feel like. And so, <laughs> That's so, why I so, call myself a believer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I feel like, and interested to hear your thoughts on the on this. Great. So, I feel like there's atheists, there's agnostics, and then there's devout religious people. There's definitely a God. Praise praise Allah. You know, Jesus Christ, whatever. Um, I feel like there's, and don't get offended when I say this. I feel like on the science of there is a God and the science of there is no God. I feel like there is equal parts absolutely zero and I feel like you're crazy not to be agnostic. That's my theory and that's only because we have all the, the science science behind the Big Bang. We have everything, like science is great and I believe in science, 100%, but it still doesn't explain what put us here, why is there consciousness, what is life, what created the universe, what was before the Big Bang. Like Those questions are forever going to be, well, they might not be and you pulled me up on this last time. They might not be forever <laughs> unanswerable but until they are unanswerable then i feel like i feel like you're crazy to be one way or the other that's my that's my thoughts on the whole thing
2: okay so um the question you know do you believe in god right it's only a few words long but what what do you mean yeah uh, you know, to some people um, a god is somebody who uh you know basically comes in and plays a part in their everyday life and if you talk to that god through prayer then your prayers may be answered okay so you know is there is there a being that watches over each of us? And um, you know, if if you're if you're a believer and you pray, then they will, you know, make sure you win the lottery or that your cat doesn't die or something. Cat gets Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that side, I, I that's not, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. No, nor nor I. Right. Yeah.
2: Now you go one level higher. It, is there a creator in the sense of is there the possibility that. Uh, Humans were created well, are we some sort of genetic experiment of some alien race mm. are we yeah, yeah. that 's right bacteria I mean, it, possibly, but mm-hmm. of course you know the evolution uh, the evidence from evolution that you know we are part of a long line of descendants that goes way back et cetera is very, very strong, mm-hmm. uh, so exactly when these aliens came in and in, you know injected us with consciousness. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Is a chimp conscious? Conscious, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I I I don't know. I'm not an expert on chimps, but you know, you see their behavior. And often, chimps' behavior and human behavior are not that dissimilar, right? Exactly. Jacking off from just walking uh, down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so, so you know, uh, could aliens are coming here and? Put consciousness into apes and made made humans. I, look, it's I can't say it's 100% ruled out, but I'd say the evidence against that is pretty weak. Yeah. Could we be part of a simulated universe, etc.? Well, there, there's a possibility there. There's there's. Uh, I'm not going to say the word evidence, but the universe is consistent with it being a simulated thing. But then, then the you know the question of do you believe in God. Uh, it's a very different god who's a computer programmer in a higher dimensional universe that created this as possibly as a school uh, uh, science experiment Mm -hmm. and uh, may have not even know that Mm. there are living creatures on one of the planets in in their simulation etc so you know that that that, th- look this is why the philosophers wrestle with these questions mm. do Do you believe in God is not just that statement it's a whole bucket yeah. of things
0: yeah and my my thing is is definitely not um, it's more as the universe and the processes behind it like maybe maybe there was some conscious thought something maybe it was created just creator that's the thing I'm not, not a god not a whatever but that's the fact that we don't know that's where I and I don't really wrestle with it I just think there's it's an open ended question so that's why I call myself agnostic basically and even the even the the
1: term two things that I wanted to add with this is the term created is like you would you would have to assume then that someone planted a single celled organism and then allowed for it to evolve because that's obviously how we've evolved. But like the word create just implies that we were all just planted to like
0: an Adam and Eve type I thing. I just you mean know? like uh, more the universe. Like, but but then it's the same <laughs> question because who created the guy that created uh, the universe? But it's always chicken it's on the egg. egg. Yeah,
2: right. But but uh, not to muddy the waters, right? Even muddy them. Yeah. <laughs> getting real dirty. I'm already muddy, mate. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, I'm so confused.
2: I'm right. dirty. I'm <laughs> dirty and aroused. <laughs> okay, so. If you create the universe with the notion that eventually after 14 yes. billion years there would be humans on this planet you've got to set up an awful lot of steps right because the elements that we're cre- uh, made from were made in the hearts of stars which are now dead mm-hmm. right so so essentially when you say somebody created the universe they set up the gas mm. in such a way that it would collapse and form these stars and these stars would go through their lives and explode this material yeah, would not get even recycled that,
0: though. I don't even feel like that I just feel like just in general like just there's some stuff do what you want with it but, <laughs> okay
2: but you know so that, that, then there's an interesting question you know did they did the creator set up the universe with the intention that there would be life on this planet exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, because as you say if you just set it up I mean look it's the question of life in the universe is a big one and the question of intelligent life in the universe mm. is an equally big question um, but currently all other evidence points to this being the only sort of planet with intelligent life on in it if not mm. life at all yeah so if you created the universe to do something and we ended up here on this planet and we are the only life that there is in the universe and you didn't set it out that way then what in what sense is that a creator exactly or in mm. terms of,
0: of no, no, caring about you no no you're right and i and i don't particularly believe that there is a creator okay. i just know i'm just all i'm saying is i think that because it's an unanswerable at the moment not unanswerable but it's an unanswered question that's my that's my whole point yeah. the, the thing the with science is, the
1: thing with science is the si- science is just such a beautiful um, realm because it, it's, it's very modest it always tries to prove itself wrong mm-hmm. to try to follow the evidence wherever it goes if you if you look back obviously you know um, with everything in looking for trends and things all we do um, in any realm or industry is you look at the past. You look at where we are now and then you try to base around future trends on those two variables. And if you look back to the time pre-modern science, all this sort of stuff, when all we had were just lovely stories and myths and theology and all these people saying lovely parables, and then you look into how the spectrum and the, and, and we've changed in the timeline to long, along to modern science, the... The place for God, and this is what I was referring to before with the the God filling gap theory, is that the place for God has become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as we've got to this stage. So if you look on, so I mean, you know, 400 years ago, we were the, was it Galileo that was imprisoned for saying that we were the, not the center of the universe anymore? Was, Was that Galileo? Aristotle.
2: No, okay, I'm not
0: true. Go away, I
2: think. don't Gal- remember which, which story you mean, it, there's a lot of... So he looked up at the universe,
1: he... Um, anyway, w- whatever it was. Yeah. But, I mean, but 7,000 years ago, for an example, there was an ancient civilization called the Sumerians that actually hieroglyphed or put into rocks a, co- a complete replica of our solar system, including Pluto. So they knew about Pluto, the Sumerians. It was, no, I don't think they did. you sure? But <laughs> you sure Pluto. Do did you know the Sumerians? What's your, right. what's your point on the
3: Sumerians okay. and Pluto? So then? what I'm
1: saying is, all right, back then when we were very ignorant, you know, God was a big thing. Everyone believed in God. We yeah. had to pray, we had to pray, we had to pray. The more we've come to learn, the less that sets itself as its an example. So based on trends, 500 years from now, surely we're going to be looked back on this time and go, fuck, Bill, Tom and Geraint were so dumb. They even thought God was this. Now we know it's just clearly this.
2: Well, uh, yeah, you, you're right that this notion of uh, it, it, the God of the gaps—you know, you, you, you insert God where you think I can't explain that, right? That's right. But but the thing is, is that um, in reality, uh, with regards to science, there's no there's no question which is off bounds, right? There's no there's no ultimate authority that says we will not study this because. Uh, this is where we think there's a. This is where we insert God. Yep. Right. So consciousness. Right. Mm-hmm. You know where does consciousness come from? Huge amount of research around the world to understand what consciousness is and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So science science will will look at continuously look at all um, all sort of questions with regards to the workings of the universe. Now, the way um, that some people see see God is very different to that. God is not. The, God would never be found in the gaps because mm-hmm. that 's not what God is about God is about something that underpins the universe not controls things on a day to day level so again it's it 's how you define um, uh, how you define what your God does yep. that means whether or not you you'd be worried about uh, a particular area you know being a an area where you put insert a god of the gaps. Yeah, and and looks, I think one of the places that is on a losing battle are people that still try and fight from the god of the gaps. You know, the the young earth creationists, and oh, yeah. the, the irreducible complexity, etc. I mean, they're on a on a hide into nothing at some mm. level because the the number of I mean, that's, it's not off, it's not um, off bounds to any scientist to go and examine these questions and ask a question. Can you know how could this Bacterial structure evolving because mm. we know, and you know, um, when it comes to dating the Earth, I think the you know the weight of evidence is clearly oh. on the side that it's billions of years old and not yeah. four thousand years old. So, um, the, I think the God of the Gaps argument is is doomed, but that's not how a, how a lot of people see. God.
0: Yeah. True. Not my, my example. Yeah. I no. think you're exactly right. I think yeah. the God of the gaps and 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 structured religion, the way that we that we talk about it today, yes. will yes. be no longer for it's sure dropping off for sure. I totally agree. We have, yeah, to, but be, we have like to be. That's not like we say. It's not my i my agnostic God. point and look yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: a very spiritual
0: person mm-hmm. myself um, you believe in God right yeah <laughs>
1: man I believe that God has a lovely beard and uh, <laughs> he's going to send me to heaven <laughs> JC yeah I'm, I'm very much a young earth correct. shout out shout out to the JC <laughs> yeah JC Ripper. Johnny, Johnny Christos he's probably smoking bogs up there now <laughs> um, but um, you look uh, you, you're exactly right we have to be very clear with our definitions um and you know what does God mean to you I guess is a very good way to rebut someone asking you do you believe in God um to inform you, my, my basis of spirituality. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna sit you down, pal. Um, my my the the way um, that I see spirituality and that gives me uh, provides me um, gratitude and hope and makes me more of a, a whole person is um, um, looking at and I'd be, I'd be very interested to hear the the science or your thoughts behind this from a scientific sense. Um what I believe is that, um, and I, it's not really belief; it's just a, 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 a feeling that um, helps with my meditation and helps me become more connected to people. Is that, you know, and this isn't woo woo to say, is that we're all connected through stardust, and you know, there's if, if there are, if there is a finite amount of matter in the infinitely large universe, uh, then we've all come from something. Um, if that means that we were all once connected at one point um, through Stardust or whatever it was, um, then we all have a duty to, to owe to each other, a duty of care to, to respect one another because we are literally talking and interacting with people that are parts of us, you know, if we're all Stardust. Um, and what I like to believe is that, you know, the universe is, um, it's not a separate entity, but if, it's, if everything in the universe is energy and flow and all that sort of thing, um, then it tries to work with itself to, 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 to bounce, like negatively charged, positively charged, we all kind of attract, you know, it's that law of attraction sort of thing. And I feel like sending out positivity into the universe, into the world based on thought and behavior and action, again, interpersonal interaction, um, you get it back. So it's like a, it's a karma thing. And, um, and um, reincarnation fits into this well, um, which I don't think is too woo-woo either because Again, if there is a finite amount of matter in the world and people are dying and people are being born, how is this matter coming back in if, if the universe can't produce new matter? So I think it's like this lovely flow of karma and reincarnation that we're all connected. I um, mean,
0: reincarnation or just recycling of atoms. It's Well, but it's. Reincarnation is coming back to life, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I feel reincarnation is
2: a tricky one, seeing there's a lot more people now than there was in the past, right? So yeah. you still need to. Create new people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even those that get reincarnated, but, that, but that's still a
1: finite amount of
2: matter, though. Uh, but so um, there's a lot of issues there. Yeah, please, uh, please. Uh, no, no, please. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm very,
1: very interested. Okay, yeah.
2: okay. So like, just, just the cleaners. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, look, I, I live, I live by a slightly, uh, slightly different philosophy. Yeah. but You know, my philosophy is is it for people if if you have a feeling about the universe and the way that it works that helps you sleep at night then mm. fine yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. that that's for you your internal processes etc yeah no. But then uh, that that's where that stays. Yeah, yes. for sure. It's not not for sure. then for you to take that and then start to blowing up buildings. Uh, <laughs> well, not, not, not only that, but start telling people that, you know, you can't do this science or you can't do that science, or I don't believe in the global warming stuff, or I don't oh, I don't think God, no. this or, you know, there's all you know, it's when you take it from there and you try and apply it to other people. Yeah. Basically I live just by the method that I have thought that makes me feel good. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. So and. Uh, um so my, my philosophy, yeah, and please. I'm sure people listening to this will sometimes say that I don't quite follow this, yeah. but my, my, my philosophy is taken from that, uh, that great uh, philosoph- philosophical writer, Douglas Adams, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, when he wrote that, uh, you know, 2,000 years after a man got nailed to a tree for saying, wouldn't it be nice if we were nice to one another now <laughs> and again?
1: Right? Yeah. God, isn't it that? Yeah, that's yeah. spot
3: on.
2: Right, so I, 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 I actually, I, I, my personal feeling is, is that people should just be nicer to yeah. one another. Now, after uh, surviving through Sydney trains for the last few days, <laughs> it's actually a pretty tough call. Yeah. But I, I think that, that, I think that's an important one. As you say, you talk about karma, except mm. I just think people should be nice to one another. Yeah. Right? And if people are nice to one another, then yes, you, you get, get to see uh, hopefully that society would be a, a better place. Mm. But um, yeah, the, the rest of it, or the how you want to interpret the universe and how mm. you feel about the universe, so if, if that makes you feel good and about and makes you lets you sleep at night Mm. then that's perfectly fine Mm. but the problem of course with organized religion is that once everyone has these ideas then they want to start saying that other people Mm. should live their lives by these rules exactly yeah, that's the part I don't like. the The other part that I kind of don't like as well
1: is the is um and I, I could have just been a, a huge um I could have just been very guilty of this. I'm not, I'm not actually sure. With um, there is a finite amount of matter in the universe. Is there not? It's a finite amount
2: of matter in the observable universe. Well, yes, in the observable in, universe. If the universe is infinite, there's an infinite amount of matter.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: And so, but in our observable universe,
1: which is the one that we currently live in, yeah. it's fair to say that things get recycled and we we did come from stardust yep that's true that's true but
2: uh, you know not all of the um, atoms in your body came from the same star and you've probably got atoms in your body uh, they came from certain stars and I've got atoms in my body and they were not the same stars. Yeah, okay. And that had my mind star. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and and you, you actually know that because um, you're, you're a mix of elements. and they're not, they're not all made in, the, in, in one type of star. You need some, some medium-sized stars, you need some heavy stars, right? Gold, yep. only made essentially when massive stars explode, whereas carbon, that comes from uh, lower mass stars. So you need a mix of stars. And the the hydrogen in the water what, that was made in the Big Bang mm. right so mm. you are a mix of everything that's gone in the universe up until this point mm. which is why I said that, that if you're going to have a creator here you know just say I'll make a big mess of this <laughs> uh, the fact that you end up with people here is, is a pretty lucky chance right mm.
0: well uh, yeah and I don't want to go back over the creator thing because I don't no. really particularly believe that that is the case but if we are living in an infinite universe mm-hmm. then it's not that it, it, then every every Circumstances is happening all at the same time, right? Isn't that the whole thing between, be, uh, right. behind an infinite universe? Like, it, isn't a, an infinite monkey uh, yeah, infinite, infinite monkeys? Mon- yeah, yes. yeah times the like worst of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, yes. so if, if we are in it, it's not that crazy to believe that. Yeah, look. I mean, but this it's, is the
1: stuff. I mean, like, there's just so many questions, and it's, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. to the it's point just, where it's like
0: we can go around in circles. We can go around in circles and be yeah. like,
1: "Well, do we actually know a fucking thing?" Yeah.
0: Like, hey, let me let me let me let me change tack for it a, right, for a yeah, sec because so I've got um when I um, when I lost my train of thought before it was because we were talking about um, the processing power of you know our human brains and mankind and what we can do in science and so forth. So I. Uh, there's two things that fascinate me right now, and I've gone off the one a little bit, the one that I'm that I'm going to bring up, but the two things are where we came from, society, evolution, human culture, and if we're doing it right or wrong. We're talking to Simon Ho shortly, mm-hmm. evolutionary biologist, and I got really fascinated. Um, got some really yeah. interesting stuff to bring up with him. Um, but the other thing is artificial intelligence in the future, so the past and the future of humans, basically. Um, so, my question is what are your thoughts on the fact that, so obviously, with our processing power of our human brains right now, we are somewhat limited. What are your thoughts on when we obviously get to human level artificial intelligence and then very short, shortly after that, it'll be twice as powerful as us, four times as powerful, eight times as powerful, whatever, extrapolate that out 50 years. Artificial intelligence should be a thousand times more processing speed wise, processing power. A thousand Exponential. More, uh, uh, yeah, smarter and, than, than our human minds. What will happen with science when that becomes the case? Will that help scientists like yourself with their studies? Will that totally take over scientific studies? Will Will it not help at all? What are your thoughts on... Well, if we will reach artificial intelligence, if we will surpass human intelligence and then what will that mean for science okay so uh, look I'm, I'm a big
2: uh, a big fan of, of artificial intelligence and I have been for a long time from um, before it was even called artificial intelligence mm. right so you know back in the, the 90s it. N- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah, laughs> yeah,
2: people were using neural nets already to classify objects etc and I've used genetic algorithms a lot and I, there's a wonderful so, so, w- w- <laughs> there's a wonderful scientific American article which I every few years I pull out and I reread about uh, how um, th- this is, again, the 90s, 2000s, genetic algorithms to design uh, comp- components on a circuit board, right? So you basically give it a, a problem and it will try different things and design a circuit board. And, you know, it, it rapidly recreated all of the you know, the Wheatstone bridge and all those other circuitry things that we know about. And then it goes beyond. Mm-hmm. And it starts to design circuits that when you just present them to somebody who will understand circuits, and say, what does this do? They look at it and go, I don't know. And I don't know how it takes this input signal and produces that output and why it's got this piece here, etc. So at some level, so, some Aspects of artificial intelligence have gone yeah. beyond oh, yeah. the human yeah. mind level, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know how apocryphal this is, of course, but now computer circuits are designed by computers, and yeah. we don't actually know how, quite how how they work. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating? Yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. But so, but um, the thing that I still don't know is how creative an artificial intelligence algorithm will be. I I mean, at some level, we will work at, I think, how to tell how to be creative. Mm -hmm. Because there are lots of stories about scientific breakthroughs that that come from dreams, right? Somebody has an idea. There are famous stories about, like, um, even Dirac is walking through a a field on a Sunday wherever, and this massive idea pops into his head, and where did it come from? Was it bubbling along in the background, and did it come forward? Uh, but so, some some ideas definitely have come to people as dreams, etc. So the question is: ca- Can we codify that process? Is 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 that process lots of things going on, chug 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 chug, chug and then spitting out the answer, or is there something else going on? Mm. Now, um, at some level, I th- I think we will will get there. We mm. will be able to. Um, get algorithms to assimilate huge amounts of data and come to conclusions and have creative thoughts along the lines of what that means. Mm. Well, with a whether they will always mimic what humans do, I, I don't know. But I, I have an example. Can, can I give you an example of yeah, why I mate, think... Absolutely. Go we got it. you on the show. <laughs> right. So, so uh, and I hope the person involved is not listening to this. So, <laughs> so, Copyright write uh, Lewis. Copyright write <laughs> Lewis. No, no. So, so, so the issue is, is we always gone about, uh, can we make it think like a human? Mm-hmm. Right? So I, re- I mentioned back in the early 90s, uh, I knew people who were working on neural nets that classify galaxies. Right. And what you would do is, uh, as you do now with artificial intelligence is you train things up, so you would you'd get all these images of galaxies, and you'd basically put them into two types you have know, spiral galaxies you know mm-hmm. with a lovely spiral pattern, and elliptical galaxies and so what uh, are the elliptical ga- galaxies again How they're, are they? they're f- featureless blobs they look like, oh yeah. like, like like a rugby ball yeah yeah right? yep. Um, and so you would get a human to go through and you'd go, right, uh, elliptical, elliptical, spiral, elliptical, elliptical, spiral, spiral, elliptical, spiral, da 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 da, da. And you'd, you'd put things into boxes. Mm-hmm. Astronomers love putting things into boxes, ellipticals and spirals. Mm-hmm. You take your neural net. You say to your neural net, right, these are the, all the ones classed as ellipticals, these are the ones all classed as spirals, and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some new images and I want you to classify them, mm. right? And what you would want it to do is, right, every time a new image comes in, put it in the elliptical elliptical box, put it in the spiral box, et cetera, et cetera, okay? You give it to a neural net and neural net comes back and it says uh, that's 0.7 elliptical 0.3 spiral. (laughs) And you go, ah, so what it's done is it's found features Mm. that it doesn't definitively put in one box or put it in the other. And then what you realise is that it's the human mind that's putting things in boxes. Oh, there's so yeah. much error in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's what we do. We classify things. We yeah. like, love to put things in boxes, and yep. in reality, there's a continuum yes. between things. There's always a spectrum. So I think we have to be careful about demanding that uh, AI behaves like a human. Oh, yeah. What we have to understand is, is can we understand the knowledge that the AI is given to us in yeah. terms of the way the human mind works and I said you know you, you, you uh, in medical imaging right mm-hmm. you want to classify things is that cancerous tissue non-cancerous tissue mm. um, what, I, again I'm not an expert in this area but you know maybe the definition is not as black and white as human minds would like yeah. to have it
0: well it's very it's like when you talk about the way that we classify things it's like Nick Bostrom's obviously paperclip theory with AI I'm sure you would have um, heard of the theory which is if you said to, to um, if you programmed incorrectly to a um, to an AI, the problem would be, and you said, hey, we want you to take this matter here and we want you to turn it all into paperclips. And the AI is like, yep, cool, no worries, programmed it wrong, and the programming said, we want you to turn all matter into paperclips. And the AI, this is a problem with like, our definitions and our- Oh, yes. If, if AI was, was to go wrong, that if it was so, cut and dry and we make a mistake or something like that then the yep. AI can go and turn every piece of matter on yep. earth into a, into a paper clip you know yep. with f- a bunch of floating paper clips yeah. so <laughs> there's, there's obviously that, that problem of like controlling the AI and making sure that, that it thinks correctly but you're saying that we need to we need to be the ones that think correctly because the AI is going to be smarter than us yeah, so yeah. we need to be able to actually understand what is actually right what is actually correct and yeah. and so forth so, rather than the other way around
2: that's, yeah as I said we're, like, we're an evolved monkey brain mm-hmm. uh, and th- this notion that the AI must be human mm. uh, I think might uh, might be uh, the wrong way to look at this yeah. why limit ourselves
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah let's be more than human let's yeah. Be, yeah. let's be smarter than humans because yeah. we're not doing things this is the thing so so with like um, obviously Elon Musk um, Stephen Hawking so many of these are Leading minds, people that are commenting on artificial intelligence, a lot of them are talking about. Sam Harris, a good one, talking about how Nick Bostrom, the paperclip theory, how if we don't learn how to control this powerful AI, then it can come back and bite us on the ass. I feel very much like DeGrasse, eh? DeGrasse is a positive. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so um, I might have made him mention mentioned him in the wrong in the wrong boat, but I was about to mention Neil DeGrasse Tyson. So yeah. Neil DeGrasse Tyson believes, and I and I feel like if we can get to something that's super super intelligent, which is you know, many, 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 many thousand times more intelligent than us, say in hundred years, if Moore's law and, you know, computers keep progressing the way that they have in the past, mm-hmm. then surely artificial intelligence is going to be, okay, even if it can't, even if it's not conscious, even if it's not creative, even if it's not this, that and the other, if we say, here's the problem, the world is, you know, the world is getting way too hot, it's killing our ecosystems, it's killing this and that, here's the problem, we have all this famine in the world, we can't grow crops in Africa, we can't do this and that, here's the problem we have cancer, we want to eradicate it, it's killing too many people. Surely, we'll be able to put that into a computer and spit out, hey, here's the answer, this is AQ cancer, how come we didn't think about this? Mm. Like, is, do, you, do you believe that might be the case? Like, We might get to a point where artificial intelligence, if it has that much processing power, it will be able to like, fix all these problems?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, hang on. But the, you let's know, get the, around artificial no, intelligence. <laughs> so, so, but, but, but let's be very, very careful here, right? So there's so, a so, couple of points. Number one, um, you know, global warming. We know how to fix global warming. Mm. It's just that nobody wants to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So yeah. if it's going to, sp- if 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 we run the AI and it says, look, seriously, stop burning the bloody coal. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, So he <laughs> <you, you laughs> fixed it. <laughs> why, why, why didn't we? Think of- off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the more interesting one uh, could be. Uh, imagine that the AI spat out right. Uh, And I'll use cure cancer about cancer. Of course, there's many different kinds of diseases, but let's Mm -hmm. let's just take a particular cancer, cancer, lung cancer. Cure lung cancer, give drug ABC and give this dose of uh, radiotherapy and uh, wait three weeks, da, da, da. And and you do that and it cures it and you don't know why, Mm. right? And the AI can't explain why, but this is the way that it does it, right? And because it's not not the way the doctor would think about it. We could end up with those solutions. We could end mm. up with solutions to problems that we, at some level, maybe with a cancer example, we can and pick it, mm. right? But with other problems, it might be right. You will do this stuff, and you will get the answer that you want, and mm. we'll be going. But why? Mm. Why? Why do we do this, that, mm. and the other? And mm. we we can't work it out. Mm. Um, I think that would be the interesting one because then you would have to, um, you would ha- have to.
0: Try put, it, put, you have to be... I mean, if and you have t- to put your hands... You have to put everything in the hands of these AIs. Yeah. Because, I mean, another thing is, let's let's um, figure out... And I know we know how to, you know, revert, not reverse, but like um, we know what we're doing to the to the environment and we can fix a, a lot of that. But let's say we said, okay, um, lots of species becoming extinct, you know, global warming, blah, blah, blah. How do we fix this problem? I mean, the smartest thing for the AI to do would just be eradicate humans and this is the obviously the, the, the problem that with the doomsday Skynet or uh, you know artificial intelligence becoming conscious and having a mind of its own or just doing the smart thing because that's what you ask them to do and, and taking us out of the equation so that's I mean surely there's that side of it there is that side we have to be able to harness this power because I had a really cool analogy and it might have been in this book that I read I've only read one book on artificial intelligence so it was called Our Final Invention obviously you know once we they get to as smart as us then we're not going to be inventing anything anymore Mm. they will be Um, and the analogy was we have to be very careful with what we're doing with artificial intelligence because effectively it'd be like waking up humans in a jail run by mice you know what I mean like Mm. if if we create something so powerful that it's no matter if it has a mind of its own if it has some sort of consciousness if it wants to then we're we're out of the equation Mm. like we're we're chimpanzees Mm. we wanted to get rid of chimpanzees we'd be able to do it Mm. you know we know how to do that we're more powerful we're we're smarter we can we can do that it could do that to us so how do you feel obviously yeah there is a lot of positives and you get behind that so with the risks associated how do you feel with the stuff that i just mentioned like how do you feel with the control factor
2: i think there's a couple of things which are important here number number one is is that um ai is not A single thing, and there's not like it's going to be this giant AI switch which one day goes ching. Mm. Okay, AI is already being used. Yes, and it's it is just it's it's just going to grow and Mm. grow and grow. Okay, so it's not a question of you know one day they will turn it on and we will become slaves. Mm -hmm. It will grow. Mm. Okay, we're already using it. uh, Boiling water. Yeah, yeah. The the other side is that that. You say that you know we're in a prison etc mm-hmm. what does it mean what what do you mean that we're in a prison does it that mean that we suddenly have reached this point where we no longer have to work and we can spend our times actually doing all this leisure stuff that they promised us we would be doing by now because of the robots um, <laughs> could you know more time to be creative etc there will be a different kind of world mm-hmm. I, I I can't imagine AI is going to say that they're going to basically lock us up in sales. No, 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 no. It's just, a, it's
0: just an analogy for, for, for creating something that's more powerful than we can control should it want to, should it want to go that way. So, so if AI becomes conscious. I believe, I agree if that's your theory on the, the more free time, more time to recover. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm a very much positive on the, on the AI yeah. bandwagon. I think it's going to be great. Um, give me, if AI take all of our jobs, mm. t- say they take 30% of the jobs, uh, 50% of the jobs in the economy, then everyone just works 20 hours a week. Mm. Well, I know there's more problems to it than that, but let's just, I'll I'll feel 20 hours a week surfing, learning more Spanish, picking up a guitar. Yes, you go, you go.
2: I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, just, no, no, I was I just, finished. I was just talking. I shit. just, I just, <laughs> just going to insert something that you know. I, I listen to a lot of economics podcasts, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> get out. Because <Yeah. laughs> suddenly you realise it's actually important. It you know? is. Well, when you get to my age and you have to think about what the hell superannuation is, yeah. you, you yeah. better find out about this stuff. We already live in a society where people do jobs for the sake of doing jobs. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Because the society is built on this thing is that you get money, you spend money, and there are zombie jobs where people basically sit there spinning their wheels. Mm. Ultimate religion, money. Mm. So we could already move to this model where people work less. And this is this notion of, you know, universal basic income, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you basically give people enough money to live on. They don't need to do the zombie jobs. Yeah. Right? They can be more creative and all this kind of stuff. It's just that our economy and our world isn't built around this mm. idea. The, the idea is is that you work, even if the work is pointless, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to get... I think it's going to grow in terms of when we have more AI on board is either we will keep people doing zombie jobs and we know how happy people are doing their crappy office zombie jobs, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Or we take a serious look at the way that the world works and we say, right, we have to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Right? This notion of uh, capitalism based on you working, we don't need to do that. Yeah. right? And then you can have um, people being creative and doing things or if they want to sit on their bum all day then they can sit on their bum all day it doesn't mm. matter
1: yeah right this is what I love about um, exactly the point you just made right so Bill and I have both got through Sapiens by Yuval um, here it is here. oh it's uh-huh. right there there he is. yeah um, Noah Haran. Um and what the, the one of the points that Yuval made in that book that stood out to me the most was he was talking about the evolution of agriculture and how that shaped Um, sapiens into where we are now where we've kind of made it easier and for everybody just listening not watching me right now that's in quotes yeah yeah. um easier for ourselves and the first thing is when we tried to we moved from a hunter-gatherer stage and we tried to grow wheat in a localized area because there would be an abundance of food and, and all this sort of stuff and the the best point that he made was that um and it's literally it's completely true if you look at it is that we uh, we got all the wheat seeds, um, I'm not sure if it's seeds, but we brought the wheat closer to where we lived and um, you know that meant an abundance of food. However, in doing so, these people that were more often than not immediate return, very primitive, hunter-gatherer, now had to fend for the wheat and look after the wheat all day to protect it from birds, to make sure it didn't become a go-off and all this sort of stuff, and they became full-time farmers. So essentially, the wheat imprisoned us because mm. if you think about it, there they were. That wasn't easier. Yes, we have more of an abundance of food, but they have to look after it yeah, all the time. Yeah, they domesticated us. Yeah, all the they, they domesticated out. us. And mm. if you look at that trend, everything up until this point now, the beginning of agriculture to, to where we are now, has seemingly made our lives or has tried to make our lives easier. Every little revolution of technology will is, is, is going off the front foot of going, this will make our lives so much easier, more communication than ever, all this sort of stuff. And yet... From the trends, you hear that people are working more and more. Um, people are, are more unhappy. All these luxuries, like holidays, and, and uh, are actually necessities and they're, they're necessary escapes because we have to do all this stuff to make sure that our life is easier. And then, I mean, like, the point you made is just is just spot on and I just I just find that fascinating. I can't remember I had a question with it. But, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll jump yeah. in there. I think um, with the... Um, rise of agriculture obviously uh, I mean we were we needed to tend to the fields and we we needed to they say that we now work more than hunter-gatherers but it also freed up a lot of people to be specialists which is where most people believe it was where really art and science came from science you know further down the line but art and science came from agriculture which is like like obviously because one of the big questions for Simon evolutionary biologist later I want to ask him is did the agricultural fuck it for everyone are we happier now you know so but yeah. but but the but the good thing is like we did get art and science really from the agricultural revolution. You could you could argue. So I feel like it's just the universal basic income is just the next step. So here's more free time. Here's more free time. So I think that in like say say we get to computers taking uh, artificial intelligence taking you know 50% of our jobs. There'll also be new fields that people will work in with artificial intelligence. It's like the internet. Yeah. Like horse and cart. the the cars killed the horse and cart Mm -hmm. people worked in automotive Mm -hmm. you know and then before the internet killed a lot of jobs it provided a lot of jobs everyone's Mm -hmm. an IT guy now you know so there'll always be new things that'll pop up in the economy to work if you want to work but I feel like we'll be a totally different species we'll be more loving more caring more, more art more religion more free time more passion you know because um if you gave me, if it was universal basic income, so everyone works basically 40 hours a week, you know that's what you say, 40 hours of a working week. If you said to me, all right, yeah, you've got adventure, for it. it's your passion, it's what you love to do, Here, have the same amount of money, here's 20 hours a week. I'll go, well, do I wanna put more hours into my passion project of what I love? Or do I go and, and stay at 40 hours a week? You know What I do is creates happiness for people, it's a really positive thing, it makes me happy, so I have the choice, or do I go and spend Spend more time studying Spanish, you know? Do I start... I'm artistic. I used to do art in school. I used to love it. But I don't do any of that because I don't have any time. Do I go and start an art class, you know? Do I go and spend more time with my friends? Like, I think it's going to be the greatest thing ever, artificial intelligence. I don't think it'll be doomsday. Like I say, I mean, what do I know really? But outside looking in... Oh, well, you know what you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just my general feel for the whole thing is that it's going to revolutionise the world in... Well, already Nothing has. but a positive way. It's going to keep revolutionizing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I'm very positive about it. Um, of course, there will be negatives. There will be downsides, as it is with all technologies. Uh, AI will make its way into the military as much as it will make it yeah. into the commercial world, mm-hmm. right? So there will be AI on the battlefield, mm-hmm. and that I find particularly uh, worrisome, mm-hmm. you know? Well, there is. I mean, drone warfare is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, but uh, but overall i mean we we uh, look I'm not going to put words into the mouths of uh, the people who are experts on on evolution. You mentioned that thing about you know we started growing wheat uh we became imprisoned, but at some level as well uh it did make our lives easier right mm-hmm. I, I am i'm forty nine this year right you were 24, <laughs> If I was... Nah, you <laughs> If I was in a, you know, hunter-gatherer society, I would probably be dead by the time I'm yeah, 30. Would. Much more likely that. And mm. as I probably would have died before I was five. Mm. So, you know, we've talked about this imprisonment, but we have gotten a lot longer yeah. life mm. because of it. Mm. And because of the, you know, the science that came out of that, we can now fly to the other side of the world. Yes. Yes. But you're right. Everybody is short on time. Um, and... I actually think that that is a, uh, what's the right word of saying? This? Is it a subjective issue, do you feel? Well, look, I really feel that if we really thought about it, we could, we could free up time. I agree. There are, there, you know, there are people who are employed to make paperwork for us to fill in, to give them paperwork on blah de blah de blah right? If you could do that and people could still live a, a, a life where they have food and shelter and enjoyment in their lives... Yes then I think that would be a good thing. I absolutely
1: agree. I feel that, like, I'm... I currently, at this stage of my life, I'm busier than I've ever been, but it's completely filled with things that I love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, I mean... And the, the onus is on us to make sure that we live a happy life, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel... And I, I very much feel that capitalism, although, you know, to get back um, and speak um, um, in economics, um, capitalism aside from the fact that there's a lot of market failure you know there is with sort of any economic structure but capitalism is set up to thrive if you work hard you know mm. and it's it's on us to to do that mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean you, you can look you can look at the agricultural revolution and you can go oh you know it's just fucked us around because we have to do this this and this but uh, you know we live in abundance right now absolutely and wow how do, you do mean? we yeah, I we do totally.
0: Wait, wait. Let me jump in there then. Yeah, we are us three sitting at the table here are the one percent. Yeah, the 05 percent mm. economically with what we're able to do, what we're able to buy, our quality of life. Most of the world live below the poverty line. Okay, we, uh, we no, to, we have to remember that. No, they don't. Okay, so what? So let me talk about like let's I, say let's say for let's say for example Africa. There's why is there so much starvation in the world when we say that okay we all and like look at like Latin America. Like Latin America, so much of it is third world living mm. below the poverty line. And maybe I was wrong in that, that, that statement, that cut and dried statement. But let's say we live in abundance. We do. Capitalism works for us. So you're talking us. more about privilege though, yeah? No, so, no, no. No, no. But capitalism works for us. We live in abundance. But there's a huge portion of the world that lives in the opposite of abundance. Okay. So a couple of points. Number one, do you know Hans
2: Rosalind, Goslin, Rosling. Nope. I'll have to send you his links. He has some beautiful talks And this, is that the number of people living in poverty today is a fraction of what it was in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. The world is becoming economically more equitable, mm-hmm. right? The, the yes, there are people in the world without food, but that is just a problem of people not bothering to send food to the people that need food.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so worldwide we, we are in abundance. Worldwide, yeah. the, It's more of a greed is, factor.
2: There, it's quite clearly given the Gut lines of a number of people. Plenty mm. of food in the world. Yeah. The point is, is that look, here we are in Australia, I'm quibbling about how much foreign aid we want to give, mm-hmm. right? We could, we could send plenty of food overseas.
0: Yeah. Right? No, that's a good point. But
2: you know, it's it's all down to people wanting to be nice to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And greed, I feel like. But
1: you you made the good point, Grant. That yeah, and this is what I was going for. Um, uh, global equity has increased from yeah. before we started. The agricultural revolution. It's just the rich, so, uh, the rich as a, getting
0: richer and the poor getting poorer. Food-wise, yeah, to yeah. a degree, is what. Yeah. I, is, but is also, the, too,
1: yeah. you have to remember within within capitalism that people think a lot about the one percent and they think about who owns the majority of the world's income. But there's no such thing as just this this one percent barrier that everyone below can't jump into. Capitalism is based around the fact that if you work hard, you get what you want. So the one percent is constantly changing all well, the time because people's assets and I mean people are growing, people are yeah, falling. Yeah. So you know,
0: so to jump in there though, I. I think that it's not we aren't all born equal with the same opportunities like in terms I, of opportunity correct i, 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 I've, I that's remember a fact who, It's not a belief that, yeah so I remember walking Everest Base Camp and on the way back down I'd seen would have been the 300th you know pre-14 year old kid carrying 100 kilos on his back mm. um, walking up you know with building material mm-hmm. rice you know whatever up to the top of the foot of Everest Base Camp these kids get born into that into the sherpa lifestyle they're born in nepal they're born on one side of the the, the boundary or they're born in a certain geographical area mm-hmm. and that's what they do for their entire life you know so i think working hard is great if you're in the ability to work hard and to move up in the world these kids work as hard as and they they'll work that hard till they're 70 years old mm-hmm. 80 years old till they can't anymore you know so they'll work as hard as anyone on the planet mm-hmm. and they won't they won't move up in the world but then and that's, and that's again it's it's culture it's not it's not the kids fault it's not there is still a global abundance, but again, it goes back to greed—the way we've set up but, our structure, societies—and
2: but the reason that kid can get that work is because there's a first-world person who has come there to climb a mountain. If mm-hmm. nobody bothered to climb Everest, they would be subsistence farmers with nothing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So you know, it, it's—you uh, might look at it and just say, "Okay, um, this is a very tough life," but then you have to think about if there wasn't the influence of first-world people coming in. Right? Uh, would their life be better or would it be worse?
0: Well, I, I think I it would think, be. I but, think it would be the same. But they're not—they're not living a good life right now. Yeah, with, but that's with, from, the, with the economy that comes in from the. That's what from you ball. think, though. No, no. Based I'm just on your about, life, no, no. I'm you you just talking about. Think, they could
1: be the happiest kid in the world. No, it that's right. It depends on how you measure that's, happiness. That's
0: right. We're, but I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about well, then working hard. But you're saying
1: they don't live a good life?
0: I'm saying they live a hard life. No matter how hard they work, they're not going to be able to. And they still live in. Abject poverty, basically. Like I know all these guys. I've mm-hmm. got a team of Sherpa guys in Nepal, and they, they, they and they live such hard, harrowing lives. If they were subsistence farmers, they wouldn't be probably much better off, but on much worse off. But they're not much better off now. Like okay. if you look at how hard, they, and they could be very happy, but they're they're set for a very hard life. Okay, but I you think know, no matter how hard they I work. think a hard life is a good life.
1: I actually believe that the harder you work, uh, the, the harder I've worked and the more I've done in my life, the happier I am. And they can look at you the exact same yeah, way. Yeah, you're
0: right, you're right. And that's yeah. right. It's, we don't really know. But there's. I've been into mines in Bolivia. I've been into La Paz, is the highest capital city in the world. They have a mine called Potosi, I think it is, Potosi Mines in, mm-hmm. in Bolivia. And we did the tour of the mine. You go and blow up dynamite, whatever. But the main thing is, you go into the mine and you see the conditions that these guys work in. These guys in the mines, they work, I don't know how many hours there are in a week but they work 90 to 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. They get one day off a month to spend with their family. They provide for their family. Every single one of them are five foot four with total hunchback bent over. Their bodies are trash because the mines are only built for four foot and they're like five foot five. Yeah, Their bodies are humanly trash. Like I think, and they work harder than, again, same example of working as hard as you can possibly work in your life. You can't work any harder than these guys. And they could be the happiest people on the planet. But I'm going to have a guess that they're not. Okay. That's what I'm going to, and I I think you'd you don't have to, but I think most people would agree with me. You know, so so they're working as hard as you can possibly work, and they're trying to get. If you could give them more money for the for, for working harder, they would take that money. They're trying to provide for their family, and no matter how hard they work, to your point, they're not they're not. Going up in the in the in the ranks, they're not getting an easier life. They're not getting more money coming in. Okay. that's my point. Yeah, and that's a very fair point. And again, I, I'm literally
1: just playing devil's advocate yeah, yeah. for the benefit of us all expanding our knowledge. What my my thing that I would say to that right is that by having that job, they are providing for their family. Ignorance is always bliss. No no one knows. We 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 don't know. Um, we have life. we I believe that we all three of us have good lives. We're all happy people. We're mm-hmm. all joking and laughing, making dick dick jokes and things. Um,
0: you got any dick jokes, Graham? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> From an astrophysical sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, there's things out there that we probably don't even know about that would make our lives 10 times better. I remember I watched a, a video of a guy who was a, um, he was a cacao farmer in, um, in Southern America and it was the first time he uh, ever
0: pronounced uh, cocaine. My friend. Yeah. No, no, cacao. <laughs> as in
1: for chocolate. Oh, it's a joke. Oh, mate. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but I remember the, the first time he ever ate chocolate. And th- this guy seemed like a really happy guy. But the first time he had that chocolate, he had the you know secretion of dopamine and all that sort of <laughs> stuff from the sugar, and he was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but there'd be something out there that makes us ten times happier. I think happiness is the one thing that you always have to measure someone's life by. And um, we're all along this path to trying to find more and more happiness. But I think um, it's also very important to try to, as best you can, step into the shoes of other people and think about what makes them happy. I remember my mum just got back from India and there was this family of like 12 people living in this room that was like pfft, like an eighth the size of this. They're all the happiest people in the world. And I mm. think that the more opportunity, the more privilege you have, the um, sometimes the the harder it can be to attain happiness because you have all this abundance and I'll just use the Netflix analogy how hard is it to fucking find something to mm. watch because there's so many things you can do yeah. isn't it very easy no when you're right and there's,
0: just, there's the, the, they say um, and I say they as in like studies yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that the happiest people on the planet are they also they also say this about Switzerland and Denmark whatever yeah. but they say Vanuatu and I've been to Vanuatu and stayed with local villages there and they have nothing but they don't particularly work hard. They have nothing, That they have no Wi-Fi, they, have no mut- yeah. they, they live off the land, whatever, and they're the happiest people on the planet. I've, I've stayed with these guys, they have a smile on their face all day every day, couldn't be happier. Yeah. 100%. And they don't have anything that we have that we think is important and think yeah. is big houses, cars, fucking ability to fly across the planet, YouTube, iPhones. Yeah. Don't know why I said YouTube. But, um, <laughs> but um, and yeah, they're happy. Uh, you know, they're, they're for sure. But yeah, I think, I just, I still think there's, there's people that, that unduly work hard and can't get out of out of the. Uh, I well, think as, as, a, as a fundamental statement, sorry, Grant. Uh, as, as a fundamental <laughs> statement, Grant's thoughts. Yeah, on yeah, that.
1: he's a <laughs> the, the guess. Sorry, you think <laughs> it okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, as a <laughs> fundamental statement, I think we can all agree on that everyone is entitled to the same opportunity as everyone else. But at the same time, it's it's it's. I disagree with that. <laughs> you, oh well, I don't. Every know. human being. I, well I think it's pretty cut and dry that every human being
0: should be entitled to the same opportunity should be for as, sure I as, agree as with that should be but yeah. I, I don't agree that they are just to my point no no, that no that's raised. what I'm saying everyone in no you, e- said, you said are and then you said should be I agree with should oh, be oh sorry
1: well should be is, yeah. should is, be is 100% for sure. what I meant 100%. everyone deserves the same rights yeah and the same opportunities but um, happiness is a different thing go
2: so again, I'll just, I'll, I will send a link to you guys to the, the talks by Hans Rosling, who, who has now died, but he's got these lovely talks about how much better the world is today in terms of uh, vaccination, access to medicine, yeah. uh, um, income, etc. The world is a better place, even though we're focused on the world going to hell in a handbasket, is a better place than it was when I was a child in the mm. 70s. Uh, one of the things I think is going to change the world is when you know, as this all moves up, especially like uh, countries in Africa mm. and uh, and India. And, India's uh, booming. Ch- China is getting there as well. Is that there's going to be an immense amount of brain power coming online? Mm. Right, there already is in China and India, but you know less so in Africa. You know, and we, we're everyone's wondering. Where's the next Einstein, etc. Mm. Now the next Einstein is not necessarily a you know a, a German man. It might be a, a, currently a small girl living in a village in Africa yeah. who will go to university because the world is improving this way. Mm. And that that's and I am I am I am very positive about the world from that side of thing when we have more people who can bring that creative side on, yeah. online. Yeah. Because totally agree. You know, one of the reasons that you know, white people have dominated science is because we got that little bit ahead in, terms of, the, in terms of the yeah. industrial yep. revolution yep. the rest of the world just has to catch up yep, you know, for we, sure we, we're not intrinsically smarter, no. right? Uh, the, and we will get these people coming online. And I, I am looking forward to the day when, you know, we're talking about the world-class universities of, of Central Africa and yes. of, of South America. And all, they're already there, of course, yes. but more of them. Yep. Yes. Right? And I think it will change the world.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Hey, Geraint, Um, I wanted to ask, do you, do you get much into politics? Have you seen the the current state of um, US college campuses with things like what you just said, with white privilege and that?
2: I, I look. I try. No, just go yeah. Uh, look. I, I I The one aspect of the world that disheartens me at the moment is politics. Yeah. I think I'm not happy about politics in Australia. I'm not happy about politics in the UK, where I'm from. Yep. Yeah. Uh, c- could I be happy about politics in the US? I mean, I, it's, I I I find that one one aspect of the world which is uh, very frustrating. Mm. The. The question about universities in the, in the U.S. Uh, and this notion of white privilege, etc., is an absolute minefield mm. because it's not simply a question about the universities. It's a question of the universities and the history mm. that that country has. Yeah, right. And I'm not saying that Britain is being any better because it's got a long colonial history, which a lot of it is very dark, etc. But it, you can't take a university and talk about the politics going on on a university campus without taking into account uh, and the context of the history mm. of what brought um, that, that university into being and mm. the people at that university. I so. think
1: um, the reason why I asked was because you – the statement you said before was um, it's not the fact that white people are smarter or anything. It's the fact that we were just allowed um, better access or, or yeah, yeah. better um, – a greater opportunity and then we advance it and it's time for everyone else to come up with. Yeah. I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a, um, a general leftist progressive movement of people that would probably disagree on that statement, um, specifically from what I've seen in, in, on the US college campus front. But um, a lot of people that would probably say it's actually that um, you know, white people should, should maybe check their privilege and come back down... To, to give everybody else access and um, that's why I wanted to open uh, the floor up there. Uh,
2: I mean, I mean what, what, what do you mean by uh, check their privilege? What do you want
1: them to do? Well, that, I mean, this is, this is why, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I mean, we spoke about economics before and we spoke about how capitalism, again, there's a lot of things wrong with it but the economic structure of capitalism is designed to, is designed for incentive and it's designed to reward those that work hard. Right? Opportunities, there are different um, races and different groups and societies that have different sorts of opportunities, um, you know, and for sure, I mean, white people, as we just spoke about, um, they have probably, um, generally speaking, have been given greater opportunity um, than others. But um, a lot of people don't like capitalism because... They just say, "Oh, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer," and they uh, they don't see that side of where it's like, "Well, if you just work really hard, you know, irrespective of the opportunity, you still may get somewhere." And I think that's um, that's what they're all going from.
2: Um, look, uh, I said it's a minefield. Mm. My feeling is that I, I would like to think that everybody has the opportunity to go to. Uh, university. I think that we really have to consider. Um, it, so, so now, if you apply for a, a grant with the Australian Research Council, they want to know about your career mm-hmm. relative to opportunity. Yeah, and I think that is a phrase that should go through everything. Yeah, right. That um, we, it must be taken into account uh, your your background at some level. That you know, I d- did not, and uh, so. Relative to opportunity in the ARC grants means you know, do you have periods where you couldn't do research because you were ill or because you had a uh, had a baby or or other reasons that you took time out to, to explain um, why your your CV is not as shiny as this as this bloke who had never had a hiccup in his life, mm. right? I think that has to filter its way through the system, mm. Mm. and and per- personally, I would I would like to see. Um, more scholarships yeah. for for people to go to university, right? It's yeah. an expensive thing. For so somebody from um, out in the sticks to come to the University of Sydney, it's not a cheap thing to do. <laughs> I would sure. love to see more sch- scholarships. Um, and who are the people that could fund scholarships? It's the, it's the very wealthy, right? That's what I would like to s- think that they would do. But mm. in Australia, that's not part of the the... the the culture but in the US it is people mm. could do that people tend to prefer to have buildings named after them mm. but you could run scholarships uh, to support people and if there are people from disadvantaged backgrounds etc who didn't have the opportunities then you should be able to provide that support yeah I definitely right. agree with that
0: mm. um, so we do have to um, get Grant out of here at some point we got a. Uh, uh, obviously you've got a busy day I want to get us quickly have you got a, a little bit more time yeah yeah let's go for it alright so I want to just Bring us back to um, your main field of study. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you your, and we may have covered this the first time we spoke. I don't, I don't quite remember. Um, so what is your, if you were to say, if you were to say, all right, I believe that. My, my research uh, lends me to believe, or whatever. Just to have a, have a rough guess, basically is what I'm asking you. Do you believe we are living in a multiverse or do you believe we are living in uh, our universe and that's our universe?
2: Um, I, I must side, I think, with this notion of our universe being one of many universes in a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm, I think we did speak about last time I wrote this book on the fact that our universe seems to have just the right kind of mix of conditions for there to mm-hmm. be complexity in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we spoke about, uh, that's taken by some people as evidence that there, there is a creator. Mm-hmm. But there is um, a natural way of of doing that and that's by having multiple universes each with their own different laws of physics and we basically have won some sort of roll of the cosmic dice to get the right laws of physics Mm -hmm. for there to be complexity in life. Mm -hmm. The big problem that we have is that this notion of the multiverse is really just a notion. Mm. Um, There's not a rigorous, scientific, mathematically-based theory of how a multiverse works mm-hmm. so there are still many many open questions right and it might be that you, that uh, it's not a multiverse this is the only universe um, uh, but then there are other issues that need to be tackled but I said um, my leanings are towards the fact that this is a one of many universes mm-hmm. it seems very weird if this is it actually yeah. right
0: yeah. To, to me that I always just think of what's on the it was the same, it's the other end of the question of what happened before the Big Bang. I always think of what's on the other end of the universe. As in the end? As <laughs> yeah, in like, th- you know, you- but but just to just to say, okay, if this is our universe, basically, right. you know, say, say we can contain it in a spherical ball for the sake of the, of the analogy, then what's over here? Oh, well, know, that's a, the, that's actually, the thing that makes me... It's
2: ca- ca- no, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. So again, it depends what you mean. Um, so... In some ideas of the universe, that beyond this ball of the stuff we can see, there's just more stuff, just like it is here, that mm-hmm. goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Or you might have slightly different laws of physics in various places. So mm-hmm. this is stuff Max Tegmark has written mm-hmm. about, right? So you, you could fill the, the universe with different patches of different physics. Now, in a multiverse idea is that our three dimensions will be separate to somebody else's three dimensions. So you have an infinite universe here and you have an infinite universe here, right? Mm-hmm. Which are not connected to each other. And there might be an infinite number of infinite universes mm. in the multiverse, et cetera. So you can, you can play this game is that you can have um, very distinct universes, not in contact with other universes that might have different laws of physics. Or this could be all there is. It could be infinitely larger. There are different laws of physics out there Um, And uh, without going into too much details, there there could be the possibility that we could explore some regions of this larger overall universe that we're in, right? So yeah, there's a whole host of speculation and ideas about what the multiverse could be. But Mm. I I would say that um, the notion that we are it, that this is it, uh, makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. A, a lot of it from the, this notion of fine tuning and the fact that yeah, um, we're
0: just so lucky to actually be in the position that we're in yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, alright and my other thing that I want to just touch on before we, before we get out of the end <laughs> and uh, yeah, you probably know it's coming but it, it's, it's, we're talking about astrophysicists here why don't we ask uh, so do you believe we are the only intelligent life in the universe
2: all right. So, um, it's all. Do you believe uh, in aliens? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I've actually given this a lot of thought recently, mm-hmm. um, and the conclusion that I'm, I've come to, and talking to a lot of people about this, is that it does look like that we are the only intelligent species, at least in our galaxy. If oh, not, yeah. if not. Nearby, and, I, and I, I'll, qu- I'll quantify what, what I mean by mm-hmm. that. So, that sucks. <laughs> so, so the, the universe. the galaxies, right Yeah, <laughs> the universe is fourteen billion years old, right? The Earth is four and a half billion years mm-hmm. old. Life on Earth, three and a half billion years, etc. But stars that could host planets that could have life have been around for a long time before our sun was born. So, if intelligent life was easy. You'd expect there to be intelligent life in the universe, which is many millions of times, if not billions of times older than our life here, mm. right? Now, what's going to happen with that life? Well, you could imagine that it just sits on its planet, but it doesn't sound about right. You, no. you, you, like curiosity. What? Yeah, curiosity and the fact that you need more energy. Right? Yes. Right? So you start to harness the energy of your star, mm-hmm. right? We would notice that. If, if a civilization arose that could harvest the energy of stars, right? Mm. what they would do is that they would take the, the starlight and they, it would be reprocessed into infrared. And if they could do that in one star, then they could get to the next star and do it there. So the, 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 essentially, if, if you have intelligent life that starts to explore and starts to use the energy of entire stars, then very quickly they take over a lot of stars and they start reprocessing that starlight into infrared and lower radiation. Mm. But we see starlight.
0: Well, let me, let me say, say this, though. But that's life so, as we know it, hey? So, so, what, so how what, many... Uh, well, well
2: let, sorry, but just mm-hmm. th- th- to tackle mm-hmm. this. What you're saying is is that uh, the life as we don't know it doesn't use energy.
0: Well, it doesn't harness the, the energy of stars for, but, their, own, for their own intergalactic but it's, travel.
2: But it's the most obvious energy source around, isn't I it? As we know
0: so, so to So to my point, so how many species since single-celled organisms has has lived on planet earth oh a zillion right a zillion okay so uh, and just a crazy large number as far as we're able to you know uh, understand we're probably the only one species that's been able to think about or say you know or theor, theorize theorize about Harnessing the the power of, of a star. And I mean, intelligent as in us sitting here speaking, travelling the, the, the cosmos, whatever. Consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, so, are you saying that there may be, say, for example, dinosaurs, right? Say dinosaurs. Or chimpanzees or an alligator, whatever. They're not going to be, you know, travelling through space. They're not going to be harnessing the power of stars, going into other galaxies and reaching out to us, sending radio yeah. waves, whatever. But they're alive. So, living... Well you said sentient, intelligent life I know, did I, you did, say, I know I did but it depends on what you call intelligence again okay, like sure. is an intelligence a sentient being that goes Conscious and lives beings. lives in families and whatever Like, the, okay. so, yeah, so it's kind of again what are you sure, yeah, yeah. but my definition was kind of like outside of like single celled organisms yep. and sludge yeah. 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 yeah, is there anything yeah do you still believe so, so, that uh, that would be the case that there would be no dinosaurs kicking around anywhere so, <laughs> dinosaur <laughs> aliens
2: so, so let, let, let's think about what we're saying here right I, I think that life possibly as pond scum might be common Mm -hmm. throughout the universe, single cell, very simple organisms. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that complex organisms are common, right? So let's, you can play the numbers game, right? How many potential planets there are, right? So you'd have all of these potential planets. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying is, is that there's complex life everywhere, but Only on this one planet were the conditions right for one of the creatures to start thinking in a slightly different way. And it it didn't happen on any of the other planets, thousands, millions, billions of other planets, Mm -hmm. right? It only takes a couple of them to become intelligent a billion years ago and to move off their their planet to rapidly colonize in the galaxy, Mm -hmm. right? So... Uh, what we're saying is, is that what, what we would like is that the evolution of complex life is easy, but then that step to intelligence is somehow h- how hard. Yes. Mm. Right? But it, in fact, it, it seems that that part is the hard part.
0: Yeah, exactly. The step is a lot easier for yeah. the next part. Mm. Yeah. That, well, why is no one else taking that step? Look, the, 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 the thing is. Why would they
1: assume that we're, we're intelligent life then? Like, why would they want to reach out to us? That's assuming that that we're like the fact that the fact that we don't know the the fact that you believe there's no other life out there, intelligent intelligent life (laughs) makes me believe that
0: they would think that like why would they try to bother contacting us? No, I'm not talking about we might be the most. uh, we may or may not be we may, we may be the if there are other intelligent life yeah. forms we may be the smartest life form in the universe yeah, yeah but we and could we be the be, dumbest yeah. yeah that's right that's right yeah. we don't know so but my, my thing is to, to like um, to the um, the intelligent life theory so again going back on planet earth so 4 billion years right and we've had all these organisms all these species all whatever, all the way up to us right now so in the how long have we had radio waves uh,
1: Since like the 1930s or something, isn't it? 100 yeah. years nearly, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so if you work out, and I'm not to, like I need a calculator. But if you go, if you go <laughs> four million years, uh four billion years, sorry, four billion years, divided by 100, so it's going to be point zero 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 whatever. That's how long we've had we've had um, complex organisms for however long, whatever. Yeah. But that's the space of time that we've been able to send out radio waves, or to go to the moon, or to yeah. think about going to Mars. So, but we've had, you know, we've had humans that can communicate for a long time before they had radio waves. You know, so. Okay. Can I, can I t- t- pull things slightly
2: to the side because get in there, bro. P- feel <laughs> the canter, <on>, Louie. <laughs> Pe- people mess up a few things here, right? So let's. Let, you're I'm not so telling me that I messed up, <laughs> up eh? <laughs> okay. So you're talking about radio waves, and you're talking about. Communication, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, archaeologists, right? When they go off tromping around, what do they tend to find? Bones. Bones, but rocks. Dust. No, they're geologists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nothing. What's the answer?
2: <laughs> you. Uh, so you find rubbish. Yeah. Okay. Humans have produced rubbish mm-hmm. from the time we lived in caves. We've produced pollution. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have produced waste, and we've produced waste heat. Okay, so one of the natural things is, is that you, you produce waste. Now, if you've got a civilization in a galaxy, right, they produce waste. and I don't mean bits of plastic, etc, but one of the key things is, is that any civilization that occupies a large volume and is using energy equivalent to the energy of stars. Reprocesses that energy from starlight to infrared, right? Because that's what you do. You must produce waste, mm-hmm. okay? We don't see the signature of w- infrared waste from civilizations. We see starlight. People are not mm-hmm. harvesting starlight. They're not producing waste that would be obvious. So it's not a question of contact. It's the fact that, that like the, you know, the archaeologists that find the... No, the the guys in um, New Zealand when they find the the bones of mowers that have been there, you know what's been going on. You know mm-hmm. that there was people there before. When we look out into the universe, we don't see evidence of this waste heat product mm-hmm. that would be produced by a civilization that, and um, a big civilization would have to harness a huge amount of energy. Mm. Mm. And that's that's a signature that's missing. So, it, so it's not the fact that we're looking for the I love Lucy. Yes right it's that they, we don't see the waste they produce
0: yeah and and just to just so i'm un- understanding what you're saying so say for example you took humans out of the equation on earth mm-hmm. and you just had every other living organism would they produce the same waste product that you would see if you're looking at the elements on earth from a telescope from another com- from another planet
2: you actually you could work out that there's life on earth because the uh the atmosphere is is a non-equilibrium right yep. it, we should have a carbon dioxide atmosphere like mars or or Venus, we're non-equilibrium because there's, there's life going on on Earth. You could you could work out the... Um, you could see the the waste. The sunlight is being reprocessed yeah. into infrared, right? But it's actually, because the way trees work, it's actually capturing... Trees capture that uh, energy, right? Which is then released when it, the trees are burnt or break down, et cetera. Yeah. So we can see that there's that processing going on. Mm. But it would be even more extreme if you were... Um, trying to develop a method to capture lots of starlight. I mean, you can think about it right? a solar panel collects sunlight, runs your refrigerator, which makes infrared. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that just essentially, that's what you would do on a giant scale. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Um, and we don't see that. Mm. And the, the starlight thing is that if you have a civilization that can travel from one star to another, and it doesn't have to travel at really high speeds, just chugging along, take a few thousand years to get to each star. Yeah. Right? Establish itself and then move on to the next star. Harness the energy, move on to the next star. You would colonize an entire galaxy in ten million years. Yeah. And ten million years is nothing.
0: Yeah. Right? On the cosmic, on the yeah. cosmic scale.
2: Yeah. So, so if in the last few billion years there was a, a, a um, uh, intelligent life in our galaxy that could do this, they would have done it. This is the yeah, Fermi yeah, paradox, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what? This is. Can I just yeah.
1: ask a question then? Because that that's just opened me up to it. My mind's been blown. Um, but um, there, there's that age-old thing of the fact that then, um, you know, millions of millions of civilizations could have... E- intelligent life could have existed billions of years ago or that they, they have occurred over 10 billion times if you look at the sheer rate of possibility out there. But um, isn't it that... So for, for our solar system and then our galaxy, the conditions for, 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 for even single-celled organi- organisms to exist have only come to fruition in the past... Couple of million years, or or what? Hundreds um, of million. Uh, for, for for life to occur, billion years. Billion years. Um. So l- l- we've had life on Earth for about three and a half billion years. Three and a half billion years. Yeah. Okay. So the conditions of our galaxy have, o- or our solar system, have only allowed for life to occur within the last three billion years.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, but 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 it's remember what what happened is the Earth was hot. Yes. And it, it cooled down, such so you could get liquid water. And that took a while. And it was very rapidly after that that we got our first life on Earth. Yes. Does that remain constant for the rest of the universe?
1: Or is it just our Earth? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So then it could just be the fact that there are millions and millions of humans out there
2: that each can't connect to each other. Like, can we see that far? But but, uh, one thing I can tell you is that if there are other Earths out there, they're not going to be the same age as this planet. Mm. Uh, they could be a billion years older or mm. a billion years younger, mm.
3: Mm. and
2: it's the ones which are a billion years older are the ones that, that are interesting. Because if, if the process of life played out the same, Very linear, yeah, played out the same way there as it is here, that means that the intelligent life on that planet has got a billion year head start on us.
0: Yeah,
2: so they could to have become to, extinct. But
0: but 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 to but go, we're the only living. Yeah, that's another thing. Now you know, is, is yeah. yeah, but but the the thing with the Fermi Paradox and talk about the fact that if there was something that was intelligent life, they wanted to get off the planet, colonise another place 10 million years. Again, I go back to the, the, the thought of like, there's been a zillion, a zillion, so, you know, if we're talking about life, we have, as far as we know, because we're the only planet that we know of life, we know that there's been a zillion species. Yep. And only one in a zillion have ever thought about colonising another planet. Yep. You know, so, there could be a zillion planets with a zillion species on each planet, but we're just the one in a zillion that actually have thought about colonising another planet. So, so you know what I mean? So, so, so intelligent life could be rare, right? Yeah. Truly intelligent life could be rare. And I think that's
2: what it's pointing towards. It's intelligent life is rare. I, and I actually think that that means that complex life is rare. So, but then that kind of makes me err on the side of... Um,
1: Spirituality, then, like if, if <laughs> we're turning religious, like, <laughs> We've
3: you've actually religious. made me believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was not ready for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Reasonable, yeah. you made me believe in God. <laughs> Like, but it broke like, his brain with science yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> broke my, you, you broke my brain in the first way yeah. <laughs> you made me go down
2: yeah. <laughs> no, well you know oh, it,
1: it, you made me so smart I'm dumb
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might be the case it might be and actually I actually see it as, a, as possibly a flip side to spirituality mm. right in that if if you were going to be a creator and you're going to make this great big universe what a bloody waste of space yeah you know, that's it's right life on one planet nah now
0: I'm back see I don't yeah <laughs> see, I feel like there's there's life everywhere. I yeah. don't know enough about it with the ra- with the you know the radiation that you're talking about. I know we can see the elements that, that can predict if there's you know, life on the planet, but surely there's a lot of places we can't see, and and maybe we're <laughs> yeah, just that, the only we just we just what, the only people that want to go and colonise another planet. You know, yeah, surely because we because we just not see far basically other species on other planets to be like us. Right. So,
2: but 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 so you play the flip flip game. So you say let's pretend intelligent life is common, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let's say that there are a billion intelligent life forms in the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. You only need one of them to have that explorer feeling to them. Yeah, only yes. one. Yes. The others can all stay at home, mm-hmm. right? Only one. So it's very, uh, and it's it's um, very bad to make this argument that all aliens will do this because we know that we look at people on Earth. And we see the spread of people on Earth, right? There are explorers and mm-hmm. there are, say, home people in yeah. the one species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you only need one alien in one species to say, right, let's explore. So it's, um, it's. I think it's, I don't think it's anthropomorphizing to do this. I think what it is it, to to try and say, oh, they must all not be like us mm. is where, where you make a
0: yeah, so I'll jump in there. So, so your example <laughs> hey, there—that's all, mate, without a PhD, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> having a no, crack. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but, like, if, if, so, you said that there, if there's a billion in, in, intelligent species, it only takes one. Well, as far as we know, we're the one in a zillion. Right. You know, we're, we're literally we're we're we probably still break we're, of, of what we know. Yes. What's, what what's been on this planet? So, surely it's not, surely it's not out of the realms of possibility. I believe because because. Like you say, a billion is a really big number. If there are a billion intelligent species, there's been more than a more than a billion intelligent. Uh, sorry, more than a billion complex organisms probably in the history of this of this planet, and only one has even thought about colonizing another planet. You know, so that's my that's my. What have you got there,
2: man? <laughs> I'm just trying to work out uh, what, what actual comment was there. <laughs>
0: Check. Yeah. <Mate>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you're not religious now, are you? No, <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no,
1: no. As a job. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: as, okay, so there was, there, there was nothing fundamentally there to stop dinosaurs becoming intelligent. hmm. Right? And it, uh, I mean, they had brains. Those brains could get bigger. Uh, they could have, I mean, it just took, it probably took an accident of evolution for, it would have taken an accident of evolution for there to be an intelligent dinosaurs, right? And they would have had 66 million years on us. Mm. Right? So, in 66 million years for an intelligent creature, what would they do? Right? Yes, so if we're the only intelligent creature on this planet uh, in, that, in that sense. But again, if even if there's zillions and zillions of other complex life out there, are you saying that nowhere in any of those was yeah. there an intelligent exactly. creature that thought about getting off no, the No, no, that's
0: right. And that's the problem. I get it. I totally yeah. 100% get it. I just mean, it, I think it's not outside of the realms of possibility. If, if we're the one out of the huge number that we can't put our head of... of, of uh, multi-celled organisms basically on this on this planet you know and we we are the only one that we believe would probably has has done what we're what talking about mm-hmm. then you know i'm just playing devil's advocate it's not outside the realms of possibility that there are you know a zillion and we're the only ones that have gone fuck let's go to mars you i know, think you what know, we have knows? to ask then is like what are the the environmental
1: conditions if we believe um that allow for consciousness to evolve Like, because if we if we're saying that consciousness is what makes us intelligent and and what and that's what makes us explore and become curious, then like, how did that come into existence? Yeah, that's a whole. Define consciousness. (laughs) Uh, I think, therefore, I am. Yeah,
2: I'm aware of myself. Well, a dolphin is aware of itself. Okay, Mm. and they split from us a long time ago. I would say they're conscious. Yeah, yeah. so consciousness evolved separately in two different animals. So then how? So then so then why aren't dolphins doing what we're doing? Well, because it's very hard to make fire at the bottom of the ocean. True. And they haven't got hands. Yeah. Okay, so then, so then what would you say consciousness is defined by? I, I actually don't know. Yeah. I, I do not know. I mean, I, I, I know what I, I mean when I say that I'm conscious, uh, but I don't... Self-aware. So dolphins are self-aware. Yeah.
1: Completely 100% they self-aware. In families, they families. Yeah. They're sad when they lose a loved one. they yeah, but they that's probably- just emotional and social
0: intelligence. How, yeah, well does that, how do we know that's, that that's self-awareness well it's I mean we're not don't, saying don't, that consciousness they, is 100% self-awareness it's just but they're, look, they look they I from my understanding which I, understand, I know nothing yeah. but they live in families they do things together they, they're really smart animal they communicate. They, yeah. you know, they feel emotions. They feel when they lose a loved one, whatever. They, they, their okay. right. tones well, and noises they make. So, I mean, they have language. Okay, they have let's, language that we don't understand uh, complex language. Let's so say then consciousness
1: conscious. or the. Alright, do dolphins have the ability to ask the big questions?
2: Is that consciousness? Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> because it's not consciousness, I know but that's what allowed I know us to. People that a,
1: don't have the ability to ask true, the big questions. Yeah. True.
2: Yeah, but that, but that's a very specific thing but but uh, just j- as an aside then okay yeah. we're evolved creatures mm-hmm. so uh, like the AI switch there was no consciousness switch well that's what I'm saying right? did it evolve?
1: well if it didn't evolve what happened? well like well this is when spiritual I mean I think Joe Rogan believes that when chimps started coming down from the trees and eating psychedelic mushrooms and things, that's what helped switch consciousness to evolve. But,
0: Chim- but then why didn't chimpanzees... And well, that's other, exactly other, right. Yeah. Well, the, but, but the, so I, I read a book uh, recently that was a, that was talking about, um, and again, I read a book, good on me, <laughs> but evolu- evolution and, and the fact that they've done studies on, and I don't know whether it's gibbons or whatever, but there's, there's apes out there that make certain noises to, to our our ears untrained without breaking it down phonetically or whatever well, not phonetically but like listening very closely to it it sounds like grunts you know everybody's making a grunt so there's but there's studies that have shown that these gibbons or again forgive me for for you know bro-sciencing this but these gibbons if you break it down and listen to it very very distinct, uh, distinctly they make slightly different calls that make the whole tribe or family of gibbons respond in the same way yep. so with a, with a pitch at the end yep. is Danger from above, there's a hawk or whatever, everybody drops to the ground or everybody escapes, uh, runs away. Then if there's a snake, it's Ooh, like low at the mm. end or whatever, something like that. Everybody goes up a tree. All mm. the humans go up a tree. So that's that's communication. So yeah. when we say, how did we get to this point where we're having this conversation and having an intellectual conversation, we know that at the lowest level, or not the lowest level, but at our ancestral level to Chimans and stuff, they are communicating. Yeah, they, yeah are, for they, sure. they do have a language and that's you know probably where we were... I don't know how long, 50 million years ago, whatever. It's 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 there. The footprints of, you know, where our language came from are evident, you yep. know, so... Um, so, well, then the question is, because we also know... <laughs> we've got so many questions. Uh, oh, we got will got, uh, well, finish off
1: in this line before we do six from six.
0: Oh, no, we've already done six from six. We we, we need a... We do have... Um, we've got Simon in 10 minutes, 12 minutes? Yeah, he probably knows a lot more than But this is
1: one thing that we can add. Um, and then I want to quickly talk about your book because I want to plug that. Okay. In, okay? We
0: should do six from six too because our questions will totally change. True. Well, we'll do six, six, six from six and a quick six. We'll do a book and then six from six. Okay, yeah. um,
1: we, we know that trees communicate. We know that they can send different pheromones down the line of trees to protect themselves from danger. But that's still a very primitive immediate return thing. Help escape. Like what you just said is just help escape. Mm-hmm. escape. We're all communicate. Like, communication, I wouldn't say, is a clear example of intelligence. Okay, at least on the, At least on what I'm saying. But... Mm if we're looking at, if we're looking at how, how do we communicate with extraterrestrial intelligent life form? Because trees don't fucking go, want to build spaceships to go off the planet and things. Then, you know, are we the only species on this planet that's that, that,
2: conscious? Well, I don't even know. Are like, chimps? I mean, I think this is the thing. You, you, you have say, to define consciousness. You say, you yeah. know, do you believe in God? And you suddenly realise that that's a big yeah. question. Yeah. same
0: as consciousness.
2: What is consciousness? It's a big question. Is it communication? Is it thought? Is it problem is it solving? feeling, emotion? Right? Mm. I mean, chimps definitely solve problems, but so do crows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there there is a, an amorphous blob here called yeah. consciousness. Mm. And again, I am not an expert. And you really should talk to somebody who is an expert <laughs> in the brain. Um but I I don't think it's a single well-defined concept. Mm. Um so I'm sure there are aspects of consciousness in all kinds of animals Mm, mm. of what we call consciousness
1: yeah that's Mm. right so then so then okay based on all of the other ones would you say that we are the most advanced of all these conscious beings
2: and if so why Uh, define advanced I mean well, I mean, you are going to give me something, Grant. Right? No, <laughs> no, no, I know. Look, I, I, I would say that I can definitely say that we have quite human-like consciousness. I mean, then that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to know... I, we'd have to know what a dolphin is thinking or what a chimp yeah. is thinking or even that's a dog right. is thinking. It's mm. an impossible
0: question, really. Yeah. Because we might be... Our values might be our values and their values might be totally different. The yeah. fact that we can have intellectual discourse like this, the fact that we have emotions, art, whatever. So if you go and tell that to a lion... If you, if you teach a lion how to speak English and you say, hey, we do this, we do that, they're not even going to understand that nah. because their field of reference is so far removed from ours, they might value different, they just, they're just different, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have to be very careful to anthropomorphize everything into we are humans, yeah, everybody's yeah. evolving, we're the most evolved, we're, just, we're as evolved as anybody else, yeah. we just think through our own minds so we make everything relate to us, and you know what I mean? And that's why we are the most destructive species
1: well because we're so ignorant in that yeah. sense.
2: So so can I put a, for a slight flip on this as well. So you you know the mantis shrimp? No. It says a little shrimp lives in the ocean very brightly colored and it has a huge number of color receptors compared to ours, right? We've got 3 mm. and I think it's got something like 7. Mm-hmm. So you know, so the the range of colors mm. and that a mantis shrimp can see. Mm. It could not explain to us if it could talk what that means he yeah. just knows that our vision at some level is completely um, inferior, uh, inferior. Su- right, we don't see the world as the mantis shrimp sees no. the world I think it's similar with brains we we were talking about how animals are thinking and how they're deciding yeah. to do things they, they're just different yeah. and yeah. We, we're sitting and we sitting here. and we have our human consciousness I think it's wrong for us to think that ours is somehow a pinnacle yeah and other animals should be trying to be like us because we don't know what goes on in their brains yeah yeah
1: and that's what I mean so we're the most destructive because we're eating them and there we're like we're like taking forests away at the rate of like one football field a second and things and but it's I like think
0: that's just because and this is another this goes back to again the agricultural revolution and the fact that our species has gotten out of control and we're not part of the ecosystem you yeah, but know but because um Christopher Ryan uses a good analogy his next book is called evolved to death and he uses the analogy of um, what, uh, is it? Um, grasshopper becomes a locust, right? Yeah, grasshopper's Gras- a locust. Yeah. Yeah. So gr- grasshopper's up to a certain point. So I think it's like, let's say for example, use the number 150,000. 150,000 grasshoppers are, let's say for you know, lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm peace loving a peace loving species. Mm-hmm. They go about their ecosystem, they don't they're not destructive, whatever they're and then as soon as they get to a certain point, 150,000 in a certain like one kilometer, I think that's something like that, right? Once they get to that point, they turn into a different species. They turn into a species that's yeah. there's too many of them, and they turn into locusts and they it's a plague. They they rip it yeah. tear everything apart in as as far as I can see. And that, I think, is going back to the agricultural revolution, is it right or wrong, or did it fuck us kind of thing, that's the big one of the big questions like, because now it's like a snowball. We're out of control. We can't, uh, you know, bring back. Mm. And and that just might be... It might not be because we're conscious because we were conscious before the agricultural revolution and we mm. weren't destructive like the way we were. I mean, mm. over hunting and stuff, they still... The jury's out on whether that was our doing, killing off a lot of species. And and it's probably, yes, it was. But we weren't doing what we're doing to the planet now. Yeah. And that's because one... Well, you you could argue that's because one little... Fork in the road, where agriculture uh, came out. Came out, fuck. Agriculture was... Of the closet. (laughs) Yeah, agriculture... Agriculture. Agriculture started, (laughs) and then since then, it's been, you know, population, huge spike, everything's gone out of control. And that's only because of of that. So because we're conscious, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we are conscious, we are, what what you said, the most destructive, but I think that's just a, a bad set of scenarios, an unlucky set of scenarios, that led us to where we are now where we are destroying the planet to a degree mm. you know yeah
2: mm. yeah, that make, makes sense um,
0: we have to get I, no, you're, about,
2: you're about to say you're conscious of the time yeah, 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 yeah. Right, true, yeah. yeah. well I'm humanly conscious of the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wonder if my cat knows what the time it is yeah. um, so, he doesn't have a cat um, <laughs> um, do we just do a quick six from six
1: yeah just quickly um, plug your book tell us what's about
0: um, don't we normally do so after six from six <laughs> yes we do <laughs> don't do that <laughs> Bill Um, Okay, so, and we're going to have to do them pretty pretty quick fire here, Grant, but let's go with it. So, favourite travel destination, place you've been, top of the bucket list. No, no, top of your um, recommendations to anyone, favourite place on the planet.
2: um, I like so many places. Um, Look, I love London, but I'm going to say the Pacific Northwest. I lived there for a couple of years
0: and I love the wilderness and I love Seattle. Beautiful. Oh, very nice. Nice one. Mm. Uh, Next question, dream destination, somewhere that you haven't been, top of the bucket list. Uh, Cambodia. Cambodia and Vietnam I haven't done yeah, Southeast cool. Asia we're doing Vietnam with Fit in uh, September I believe you want me oh. to slide you in a spot there mate
2: <laughs> I'm teaching <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you can teach us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, my final question any book you like to recommend anyone can be a novel can be a um, uh, astrophysics yeah you know, self written
2: uh, uh, no I, w- I won't recommend my uh, give my own book for recommendations uh, again there is just so many but if anyone's got an interest in physics they should read the Feynman lectures in physics mm-hmm. I mean look it's a bit of a textbook but Feynman had definitely had a particular way of seeing the way the world mm-hmm. worked it's very good beautiful Tommy you're up spare time what do you do I don't have any spare time <laughs> what do you like to do uh, when, you, you know, when you're not working uh, apart
1: from spend time with the family <laughs>
2: I, I, I actually like to walk and run while listening to podcasts. Oh, nice. Cool. It's very good. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. radio <laughs> yeah. It's up there. Yeah. It's probably yeah,
1: it's <laughs> it's there. Definitely the best <laughs> podcast in the world. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the <video's> shit Radio. <laughs> um, uh, big inspiration. Big inspiration? Yes, someone you look up to. I'm going to guess in my head who it is.
2: Um, ooh, Inspirations. Inspirations are tough ones. Um. Inspirations for why I'm doing what I'm doing? Well, yeah, it can be,
1: but someone you just admire, someone you look up to, someone you look up to, someone you used to look up to.
2: Well, look, well,
0: I... am Trying I'm to get him to say Carl Sagan, yeah. aren't you? No. I've <laughs> <laughs> not Someone who might have yeah. been around, uh, no. very famous in the, in the 90s, he yeah. may or may not have looked up to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so one, one of the first scientists I, I knew about was Einstein because we share a birthday oh really yeah 14th oh. of March
0: he was oh, yeah. born 90 years before I was yeah. sure, so, yeah. right? so I, I share a birthday with Vulcan the gladiator so <laughs> shout out
3: to Vulcan
1: happy yeah. birthday for
0: today yeah. oh, my birthday
1: today by the way
0: right? oh happy birthday
1: thanks mate I share a birthday with Lady Gaga <laughs> that's good Yeah, yeah. same thing yeah. Uh a nice okay and then um, three people dead or alive to dinner you were having a dinner right who would they be
2: and why Okay, three people. Uh, Douglas Adams, because I I loved his creativity Mm -hmm. and uh, I was always a big fan of his. Um,
0: For the people uh, that don't know, Douglas Adams is Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy author. Yes. And Last Chance to See. Last Chance to See. Yeah, uh, and Dirk Gently, who's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dirk Gently.
2: Hmm? do it gently no no good night, night. Do, do. sure wasn't on that sure do, wasn't on
0: good yeah. D- <laughs> gently should be tough uh, Derek, Derek Jesus what are you sure.
1: looking at that, man? Pornhub.com. Yeah. <laughs> Pornhub, yeah. <laughs> right love
2: <laughs> um, oh, it's a very hard one to answer. It it I mean definitely. yeah um, oh, look Einstein and and Feynman, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. look, there's so many people, and yeah, there's many scientists the that you could talk so many things about. So, but it I'll go have to the scientists. I know, I know, but um, there are there are other people, like names you hear in in other fields, historians and econo- mm. uh, economists, etc. But I think possibly the list is too long. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Be a big dinner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, great, tell us about your book in the short time we have. Okay, uh, so book is called "A Fortunate Universe: Life in a Finely Tuned Cosmos" uh, by myself and Luke Barnes. Uh, it's a book on the science behind the fact that the laws of physics that govern our universe uh, appear to be very fine-tuned. If the universe was born in a slightly different fashion, we wouldn't have the conditions for complexity and life in the universe. So That's awesome. Is, is it something to the similar analogy of... Uh a, uh, you know the analogy of the puddle of water in the crack in the ground? It, it's Yeah, yeah. W- which comes from Douglas Adams. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so so it is along those lines. Um, that's the anthropic re- reason that we, sh- you know, you have to find yourself in a universe that can support you. The question is why, you know, why is there a crack in the ground in the first place, mm. right? Oh, yeah. Without the crack, you wouldn't have the puddle. True. Right, so it's, it's that kind of question of why we have the universe that we, we do. The one where we could be sitting in this... Uh, uh, sitting here asking these kind of questions mm.
0: I love it cool well round two that was fascinating yeah, it was so good we'll get you for round three <laughs> as well thank you so much yeah. um, we'll be, a a, lot, we'll a be more conscious by that stage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright cool and uh, yeah that's a wrap